Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk More Movies, the show where we try and talk about movies, but never really talk about anything and everything else. I am your host, Michael Breslin. To my left is... Yeah, Bondi. No, actually, I'm <laughs> To my right is... Daniel Killen. And back by popular demand... It is Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and also a very special guest this week... Kiva Sweeney. Kiva, you were supposed to be on the podcast two weeks ago during our Halloween special, uh, but you had to work. And we were all coming up with like spooky names for ourselves. So oh. I was Michael Brainsland, and Shan was Shan Garcon. <laughs> <laughs> Calms is the best. Like. Col- Calms, Calms was Nightmare Before Calm. <laughs> <laughs> but good. when you were going to be on that episode, you were the easiest one to do. Just keep us when he taught. I would have sang the whole musical. <laughs> yeah. I still can. We have a guitar. We can do that tonight if you want. Boom. Done. <laughs> 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 Sell's a broken string oh. after Scruff attacked it last week. Uh, that's right. Oh, it'll just add. Add to the effect. <laughs> character. I, I doubt there's going to be a masterpiece, Mickey. You know what I mean? I might add to it. Oh, I want full full gold. <laughs> <laughs> Platinum. <laughs> Best song performed on a podcast award goes to the last <laughs> more Actually, that could be a thing. We should go for that. <laughs> well, are we going to run it and give it to ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> the Grammys are going to start a new award. Best song in a tent. <laughs> you're going to shoot in for the first. Boom. Is it unusual cupboard? The drawer that isn't a cupboard, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Drawers, potato, potato. Uh, is it on here? Uh, yeah. Right, me, who got it this week? Me and Harry sourced this together. Do you pay 250 each or do you just go full on with whatever? 250 each. 250 each. Oh, right, well, this week's Danger Bottle is. <laughs> <laughs> Wood Watchers Smooth Red. Are we all on diets? <laughs> oh, dear. It's a 2006. <laughs> I've heard good things. <laughs> it's a good 2006. Holy it's, shit. Just, <laughs> it's a vintage. Uh, medium bodied with plum and damson flavours only 80 calories per glass I've, I've been trying to watch my figure it's amazing what's damson? I have no idea <laughs> no. it says it in the front like, I, I think that's maybe I think maybe wine people know but I have no clue what that Ted is you work in a bar? does it depend on what size of glass? No, no it, 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 every glass is 80 every, calories, boom, even like even a, a pint one. <laughs> yeah. I think I brought this up before, but I don't know, it's like an old wives' tale or some shit like that, but uh, apparently the indent at the bottom of Please a Please stop fingering the bottom. Mm. <laughs> Favourite thing. <laughs> but, uh, apparently the indent, just kind of a wee bit more fingering here, uh, apparently the indent at the bottom of a wine bottle uh, shows how like classy the wine is or some shit like that. Yeah. So, yeah, if, the, so, if, so if it's flat bottomed, it's shit. But that's got a, a so decent... So as well, you can turn it so can like that. Ah. Yeah. So really, the flat bottom stuff, you don't really... That's why those yeah, flat bottom bottles. Yeah, um, flat bottom bitches. It's not going to be <laughs> served. 
fancy, you know, like so there's Aye. no point in putting the indent at the bottom. Ah. Dan, you felt that dent. Rate that dent. Dent. Uh, well, what's it? What's the sort of get scale from Monday Harvey? Shake uh, dent. Crack and dent. Actually, no. I know. I actually know the Monday. top should be Harvey dent. Harvey so it's <laughs> our, it's our Harvey dent. HDA <laughs> uh, top dent. Top dent. I'm all about that dent. So that's a Harvey. It is a. There's Harvey. actually another bottle in there as well, given by Kiva. Harvey Danger. Ah oh, wow. Mm. Right. So we crack this open then. Chandler's not a bottle there as well. What? Mm, There's two danger bottles? How'd you not spot it when you opened oh, it? It's Christmas camera. I was drinking um, Weight Watchers uh, rosé wine and she said it was absolutely stinking. I've heard it. It was really bad. They'll get polished well, off anyway. Crack, crack ad open, Kiva. You can have first gigs. Did we just gigs? swig it out of the bottle? Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. We're not polishing this podcast. It's even less calories per glass. Should I let that? it breathe? <laughs> just blow on let it. Let yourself <laughs> breathe after it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good, good glug. No. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You can taste the weight watcherness. You can taste the reduced calories. Yeah. <laughs> it was her fizz down there. I was like, yes, that could be physically drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's acceptable. I'll, I'll have a go at this. There's people so, watching their weight just pour that over their music in the morning. 2006 weight watcher. <laughs> You're just constantly flat out drinking them all the time. Purple lips and all black teeth. I'll go hard, but I'm watching my figure, yeah. This has ruined the many housewife. <laughs> right, wait a second. Ooh. Good glug again. I like that sound. Hopefully we pop that up for the audio. Um, <laughs> that tastes like vinegar. It actually tastes like wine. That's when it does. I'm not a wine person, but it's pretty bad. Harry gonna head you boys, you can give it to good man. <laughs> I say I don't know why I even chose red wine. I don't like red wine. Nobody likes red wine, really, do they? No, I, I really. Millions of people like red wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sean, <laughs> you're exactly right. It's the word. No one, no one. The truth, no the truth it, is, yeah. all wine is shit, and just nobody wants to admit it. Aye, I know exactly, because there's a thing about wine. Look at Harry's face. Look at Harry's face. It does oh, get you like a Jesus. special kind of steaming, though, red wine. It's I like love red wine. It's stoned of being drunk. If you drink two bottles of red wine, you're like, it's just for the listener, you couldn't see there when Harry took a swig. <laughs> when Harry took a swig, that he developed another chin. He looked like just kind of sucked on it. He looked like Quado from like Total Recall, you know, stuck <laughs> on a boy's stomach. It's exactly what he looked like. Apparently, as well, that is Quado's favorite drink. Uh, right, so we have a second danger bottle. It is. Oh, it's inside a merch the lid. Tesco bag. <laughs> I was going to wrap it up like past the parcel, but I thought overkill. Nah. <laughs> I don't think we'd be struggling. I'm struggling to get this fucking bag open, like so. Chan Chan has problems with I bags. I have problems with bags. I do. <laughs> So when you're, Tear it. When you're doing the second danger bottle is, oh yes, corky sour cherry. Yeah, yes. we like this. Let's just polish this immediately. Can we mix the wine and the sour cherry? Together? We can indeed. Hot <laughs> stop, there, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> can I have first glug? You want first glug, this? Go ahead. What was this? Was this a fiver? Exactly a fiver. What? That's pretty offer. good for sour cherry. Oh, actually, it was we... like yellow label in Tesco's, so you know it's on offer. I was <laughs> 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 just scanning, looking for those labels. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's what I wrote. Trying to find five pound. Just like the fucking the bottle terminator, just going through Tesco's. <laughs> 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 I thought it was crazy. I was ju- I just ran on night. Was out there in ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what the drink too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even buy it. I just ran out. <laughs> Self checkout. Five pound. It, it was five pound. It was free. It's a <laughs> um, we forgot to say the percentage on the red wine, mm. which is nine point five, which is about shit for a wine. Isn't it? It's usually twelve. It's usually by twelve point five. Uh, damn, Sergio is fine. Usually fifteen, but it's, wait, no, what wine? What wine? Fifteen strong for wine, is that? That's like a rocket. No, it's usually like eleven or twelve for a wine. 
Love team, bro. Wayne's pretty. I've seen ones that are. Are you looking at fortified stuff? Just I like we're disputing the two people at working bars. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, true enough. There's another bottle in there as well. Another bottle. But oh, this Jesus. one, this one isn't for you. This is a less talk more movies first. Shan, get a it out. Triple threat. Okay, right. Is this an, is, it's alcoholic? Uh, get it out. Just, just. <laughs> it's less talk more movies first safety bottle. As I am off the drink, that is alcohol free wine for myself. Ah, <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right, well, Dan. Safety bottle. Safety bottle. Unless Tom were movies first. Our first safety bottle for Dan. He's off drink. Fair play to him. It is Iceberg. Alcohol free wine made from quality wine with the alcohol removed. <laughs> That's what they want to say. Okay. Why did they do that? And again, no. a wine magnet, not alcohol magnet. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it, Dan. Skim it off a top. You convinced me a both are on a diet, even though you don't need to be, because this is only 33 calories, apparently. No, I brought Jeez, the that's, that's probably like a million calories a shot. Oh, no, yeah, it definitely is. Like, Here, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. There's rice, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, nice Here, does anyone want to try this? No, hang on. Nah. What's the point? I want to try just this year. There's normally a wee tiny bit of percentage in these in there. I think it's usually like the beer because sometimes it like ferments. Yeah, yeah. I, no, alcohol, so not more than 0.05%. So you, so you might get a wee buzz off it, Daniel. Yeah. Not suitable for alcoholics. Oh, really? Uh, also, <laughs> we, uh, we fell on that trap before on this podcast just a few weeks ago with a shy pig but go and check to see if there's eggs and milk involved in that wine or if it actually has a wine at all let's see uh, well it says it's wine just with alcohol maybe. oh yeah fair enough yeah cause yeah I, no mine's grand I bought a wine a few weeks back and it uh, turned out not to be wine whatsoever I love, I love the logo as well. Iceberg, full of wine, free of alcohol. <laughs> I know, it's like it's called not like all the fun take all the fun away I don't yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were probably sitting for weeks getting steaming, trying to think of how they're going to sell this. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> dickheads like me, man. Yeah, they're still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was a full shelf of it. Like. Just, everyone's up in the office and they throw, someone bought a bottle, someone bought a bottle. <laughs> well, I won't get sunk by this iceberg. Hey, <laughs> such puns. Hey, my it's God. not even spelt like that, though. It's got an E. How would you, how would you pronounce it? Iceberg. Iceberg. I bet. Iceberg. Okay, uh, what have we watched this week, folks? Thank you. All right, I watched uh, The End of the Tour with Jason Siegel and your man, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, uh, your man. Yeah. Uh, also known as your man. Yeah, your man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's about David Foster Wallace, who's an author that I very much admire. And uh, yeah, it's sort of like based on... At near the end of like well not really the end but yeah there was like uh, this sort of interview that he did with a, a journalist from Rolling Stone called David Lipsky and it's sort of like there's this entire fascination around him because he was seen as like you know a great loving American author and he's very young and he was a bit of a bro he like wore bandanas he used to be a bit of a jock but an absolute genius and uh, that's what the film really deals with and it's interesting enough but watching it I mean his actual novels are way better you know like in terms of like actual works and it doesn't really approach that and I don't know I think the film sort of falls down in that obviously the most interesting thing about David Foster Wallace is that you should sit down and read his books if you're that way inclined. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you haven't read the books, you won't be interested in them. Yeah. And then if you have read the books, you'll watch the film and be like, all right, that's good. But yeah, it's not Infinite Jest or whatever that I, he's wrote. I know that's a common complaint when cinema tries to tackle like people who are considered geniuses. I know that even though I like it, directed by Ed Harris, who's personal favorite of ours here, but uh, he directed Nacton and Pollock and it was a really good film but then the main criticism towards that film was the fact that you, you can't really capture genius especially when you're trying to recreate somebody's life you can't capture that moment where genius strikes on somebody because it's just there and it, it's it's 
not actually visual you know what i mean mm. a genius just has these ideas in their head and how do you actually present that as a person going then to do that work so there's always going to be some listeners there's always going to be a wee bit of a, a gray area you would say because i mean I, i'm sure that most people who went to go see the end of the tour or maybe kind of trying to look for some insight or some sort of guide of how david foster wallace was a genius or how he came up with this stuff but as I say, you can't portray that because it's just there on people. Some people are just gifted, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I will say one thing. I mean, Jason Siegel as well, who's someone that I never really thought of as a very serious actor. I mean, there's a lot of interviews with David Foster Wallace that are all on YouTube and whatever, and he's got this very uh, very deliberate way of speaking, probably you know, being an intellectual. He really slowly talks about it, and you can tell he's like maybe even triple-checking words in his head. I and he has it. a... Oh, yeah. And he's got, like, <laughs> he's got a slight lisp as well, and uh, Jason Siegel really pulled it off. And... Uh, but yeah, I mean, his performance is great, but it's just the, the sort of film, I don't know really what it's meant to do. And I know as well it was sort of made uh, not with the best wishes of the Wallace estate. Really? Yeah, which, I mean, it's the only thing they sort of could make of him because it's uh, David Lipsky who wrote the piece. So, you know, the adaptation's fine and not part of the Wallace estate. They didn't have to give any sort uh, of affirmation for why it. Why is but, that? Yeah. Does it kind of, you know, put a bad light on him? Or? No, not even. I mean, because, I mean, obviously he had problems with... Uh, alcohol and then apparently drugs and everything as well which is something he sort of shies away from he does talk about it in his books but not on a very personal level but uh you know at the end of the day i think it's just a problem that everybody seems to have with a film who's a fan of Wallace is that you know it approaches this topic of celebrity that surrounds the author and not actually the topics that he talks about which are infinitely more interesting yeah it does yeah. actually delve into what the author's about yeah it's just just celebrity worship all together yeah. yeah so it's quite ironic you know people go see the film and that might be all they know about david foster wallace and you know that's exactly the antithesis of what he talks about he talks about sincerity and you know getting to know people and having a conversation you know i mean i'm yeah. obviously I'm very much reducing all that he talks about but you know these sort of ideas which are important and the film doesn't tackle them but it couldn't even if it tried you couldn't have a film of his works i don't think excellent Mickey? Hi. <laughs> what have you watched? Um, I watched Runner Runner this week. What the fuck is that? <laughs> is it Justin Timberlake one? Is it? Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake, Ben Affleck, Gemma Arterton. <laughs> and uh, Anthony Mackie's in there as well. It's uh, Justin Timberlake, is this uh, college student, but he has to pay his way through. So he, <clears throat> on the side, he, he kind of works for this gambling site where he gets people the they basically sign up to the site and he gets a bit of commission off it, but then he gets in trouble for just bringing gambling into the university. So then he has to gamble for his whole tuition because he can't do that anymore, and he basically loses all his money on this uh, poker site. But he, he finds out that he was actually done. Like, there was... The person that was winning had, like, too many ones, and they were obviously cheating in some way. Ooh. And Ben Affleck is the guy that runs the site, so he goes to see Ben Affleck and tells Ben Affleck all's here in uh, Monte Carlo, and then always Monte Carlo, <laughs> always. But uh, so so then Ben Affleck hires Justin Timberlake. They work for him, and it's a whole thing. And like, oh, he's loving the lifestyle of being rich and whatnot. And I know it well. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>, Roland. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just kind of how he, how it turns out with him working for Ben Affleck and. It's a bit of a shit film. Yeah. <laughs> it's ni- it's it's ninety minutes long, and it's felt like fucking forever. <laughs> oh, that's the main thing with any bad film. Even ninety I, minutes was like too long. I was in by fifteen minutes on it, and I was like, "Fuck it." <laughs> We've discussed that before. Obviously, 
sometimes you'll power through a farm, which maybe isn't that great, but you're still getting slight enjoyment out of it if you know it's 90 minutes. I know, I, I thought I could just bang it out like in 90 minutes, but it was... Uh, and what about the film? It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> out of 10. Out of 10? Um, <laughs> not bad. It's, 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 it's a really bad film. Like, because normally, normally I can grab something out of film and say there's a wee moment there that kind of gave it a bit of promise or something. But in this, there's just there's none. <laughs> there's just nothing to enjoy about it's it. Really. New because, right, I'm nice. We'll stop right. talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. But uh, I we like Justin Timberlake and Ben Affleck. They're I mean like two people that that we like here a lot and is, it, is there no chemistry or is it just is it the story it's it's just generally everything's boring yeah <laughs> like Ben Affleck's supposed to be this kind of he, he runs this website he's supposed to be like a billionaire or whatever but sort he's, of maverick he's, but he's corrupt as well and he has all these dealings with like uh, bribe, bribing people and whatnot. see that's a, that's another thing about this film that it was announced Ben Affleck as Batman when this film came out mm. so everybody was all like Oh well, look at him. Look at that film. That shit. So he's going to be <laughs> shit, Batman. Nah, I mean, it's, it's it's an unfair kind of association. It's, like, it's an he's... odd it's an odd one for him to do though, because if you look at before that, he wasn't really he wasn't really acting much. He was acting in his own films, but he wasn't really just being a straight actor. And then this is the film that he decided to do that way. Yeah. And I mean, then now he's going on to Batman. Though. He was obviously acting in his own films too, but those films like The Town and Argo were like critically well received and obviously there was a lot of depth to them and that hence why you kind of think he threw himself in there right. the film I watched was when I was very hungover last week I stuck on Under Siege 2 Dark Territory yes <laughs> yes. yes Harry say no more <laughs> 10 out of 10 <laughs> I, obviously it's a Steven Seagal film so it's automatically it's going to be shite but it's one of the ones that it's so shite it's good ah, exactly it's the pure cheese factor it's, it's the one on the that's the one the train on the aye oh yes it's <laughs> fucking awful spectacularly awful aye one of the one of the bad guys in it is the bad guy who was in the mask I can't even remember who that's oh, again Green your boy Peter Green am I wrong in saying that I he, he's in you remember his name the boy with oh the, he was in loads of films in the 90s yeah, yeah. he's fucking Zed from Pulp Fiction oh why yeah. that's right the boy with a big head? No, he's a boy. Aye, he gets a big head in the mask, doesn't Aye, he? when he Aye. puts on the mask, he's a, he's a massive oh, head. Oh, in the mask. Like and he breathes in all the bullets. The mask is class. Let's wash it after. I've seen Paul Fiction loads of times, and Peter Green definitely doesn't get a massive head. Like that. Must have, <laughs> no must idea have fell asleep with that book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, acting on it is so wooden. Like, you have, what I call, uh, Stephen Seagal giving this wee speech about how he wasn't too close to his brother, but it's the way he tries to deliver it, trying to be dramatic. But it really isn't. Do you know, apparently, Seagal, when he was going through like his main period of fame in the 90s, actually, most limited actors, like, say, John claude Van Damme, will know they're not an actor by trade, you know, they were maybe like a martial artist who was lucky enough to be that good that they're going to be bald falls around him. Apparently, Seagal genuinely believed that he was a superstar actor, and he is fucking probably the worst of a bunch. Aye, well, well all his lines as well, you know, from, like, Under Siege, you know, uh, I think actually in Under Siege 2, they deliberately put, like, a wee, uh, like, sort of, like, chef's cut in like the thing so we can always say his line no one beats me in the kitchen the, I think it's on that yeah just ridiculous because you know always oh, a chef but he can kick ass as well that's just the character that's it and apparently he didn't get on well with his brother as well Casey Ryback isn't it? I said, oh, what a name as well what a name hey, that is stock 90s action hero name that's up there with John Matrix out of Commando Jericho Kane as well end of days I love that one Cameron Poe as well out of Con Air unreal 
Continue. Good old Connor. Connor, that's right. Connor. The first time because of Harry's accent, he says Connor. We thought he was chatting about someone called Connor. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what the fuck was going on. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's a typical, one of those typical bad guys. You know, he, I, I don't even know who the actor is who's playing the main bad guy. He's some soldier guy who's hired by some ex-CIA guy who developed some satellite laser. A lot, of, a lot of guys going on here. <laughs> FBI guy, CIA guy. Laser gay. Anyway, continue. Uh, uh, Steven Seagal, see whenever he does any fighting scenes, all he do- it looks as if he's doing a dance. I've always thought that any time I've seen a Steven Seagal fighting scene, it looks like he's having a fit. Because he doesn't use his legs. It's all, all just, hands. All his hands. All I. fucking trickery. i seen him kill a boy with a credit card once. What? Uh, not, 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 not even Napoleon. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just master card, see you after. But Declined! Fucking uh, <laughs> 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 loads, Steven Seagal! <laughs> You're in the red, buddy. <laughs> oh, yes. You should have room for fucking 90s action films. <laughs> uh, I know, hey. Must be Colin. <laughs> oh, the one thing that is missing from the first one is just the cast. In the first one, you had Tommy Lee Jones mm. and the Colin Meany, actually. Was in the first one as Busey well. as well, like. Busey and Drag. Busey, Busey and Drag, drag actually the, the best Busey. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite of all Buseys. <laughs> uh, but another trait of that film is it uses the title in the middle of the film. It's going, oh, why can't we communicate with anybody? Must be in dark territory. Oh, I, <laughs> I love that. that. They, they, they do that in Runner Runner as well. Like apparently it's some kind of poker term and Ben Affleck's all, you ever see a Runner Runner thing in poker match? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you could just tell how much Mickey was paying attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen that Pokemon uh, match? Tw- 26 minutes in, he couldn't I give a fuck. This is about 10 minutes in. It basically oh, is. It's the first time Justin Timberlake meets Ben Affleck. You ever seen cars fly about in a Pokemon match? Oh dear. But anyway, on their seats too, Dark Territory. A true piece of shit, yes. It is. Out of ten? One. Okay. Fucking hell. We've all watched a bunch of shit this week. That's just for the ponytail, look. That one star. (laughs) The ponytail gets at the one now. This week I watched... I'll rewatch Bad Lieutenant. Not the Werner Herzog one. That was a few years back, the original. (laughs) I know. Uh Uh, I would much prefer to talk about that film. I love it. Yeah, it is. You know what? Indeed, the best thing is, is that the Werner Herzog version was a complete just reimagination. It essentially just used the title and the fact that the main characters are fucking drugged up psychopaths. The fact that he's a bad lieutenant. Uh, he's a bad lieutenant. Just, I would love to see good lieutenant, like a rom com or something. Oh yeah. You know I mean, like just just, the rock just or something really, class. Uh, really good guy. No, it's, st- it's still Nicolas Cage. He's just kind of got his act together. <laughs> I, I, I can say I can never see Nicolas Cage as being on the right side of the law. But yeah, the. Uh, <laughs> The original one, 1992, it's uh, Abel Ferrara, who was like a kind of director of some repute in the 90s, still making films. Uh, he done like the drawer killer, really famous, but he nasty, one of the most famous back in the 80s and shit like that. But uh, it's Harvey Keitel. Uh, essentially, it's, it doesn't really have a plot. It's just following Harvey Keitel's bad lieutenant just during like a, a couple of days going through New York City and just being the most debased, decrepit piece of shit. I mean, he's probably one of the worst human beings ever come out of this cinema what's weird about the film is that it's a sort of like a day in the life sort of topic as I say there's no real plot there's no real structure you're just following him around 
but it's Katie Hill's performance that just elevates it. If it was just any other performer in that role, it would be a very forgettable, actually it would probably be a bad film, but his performance alone elevates it up the a really good film. It's actually probably one of the top five performances I've ever seen in any film. Uh, it's actually kind of went down there in lore that it, people were astounded that he was nominated for a larger mm-hmm. and I can get more, you know, acting roles. I think like it was the year after Reservoir Dogs and then just before he played Wolf in Pulp Fiction and then his career dwindled a wee bit again. But there's a scene in it. It's very much like Mean Streets in a way and, you know, there's a lot of... The, the thematically about Catholic guilt and stuff like that and he's a lapsed Catholic and he, there's a scene where he, he masturbates in front of like two teenagers that he's pulled over in a car because he's, he's sex obsessed and he knows he's a fucking disgusting human being but there's a then when he's in this church and he's looking for redemption he's crying and he's getting these images of Christ just standing in front of him and he's begging for forgiveness and it's so uneasy to watch that you actually look away and people will think oh that's so uneasy to watch I don't want to watch that but for me I actually thought that it made the performance even better he was so good as this pathetic disgusting man who's just realized that his whole life has been a waste and he's been an awful human being and he's literally crying and screaming for redemption that you can't even look at him do it that's how convincing he is is it phenomenal performance very very tough watch i mean like the, the master bit and scene alone isn't even one of the worst watches there's a, a, even a scene where a nun gets raped with a fucking crucifix it's really really tough going probably one of the bleakest films that i've ever seen kind of content wise uh, but definitely stands out for Kate Taylor's performance alone. But I mean, besides that, there, there's nothing much to it. I, mean, I think it's a very kind of simple premise. 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 Yeah, what is it? Premise or premise? Premise. I think it's premise, but I like premise. It sounds. It's good. like demise. Yeah, demise. You were saying Har- Harvey. Harvey. Say you were saying yeah. Harvey Keitel as well. Who is Keitel? It's Kittle. Ah, <laughs> yes. Finally, I got one right. It's a nice best performance, too. I mean, have you seen his right line ads? <laughs> what the hell is that about as well? That's on being skilled. Keeva, do you watch this week? I watched. You're going to have to help me out with names of actors here, but I oh, watched. Well, I'm, I'm not your guy. Um, <laughs> at Home with the Rileys. Oh, Gandalf Yeah. The guy that you really like, Dan, from Sopranos. Yeah. Mm. And then I uh, like her from Twilight. Stuart. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. 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 Um, have you seen it? Yeah, I have watched it's it. It's actually yeah. really, I thought it was really it, good. Yeah. Um, so basically, he has lost his daughter to kind of just figure this out. He lost his daughter, and his wife is kind of afraid to leave the house. Their relationship has completely fallen apart. He's in New Orleans for like a some kind of work thing. I think he's quite well off, owns his own business, and then he. He just kind of be off. Fuck it, I'm not going home. I'm just going to stay here. I'm not happy at home. Um, he rings his wife, so therefore his wife, you think she's just going to be like quite sad and pathetic, but she doesn't. She packs a suitcase and actually leaves the house to go after him. Fuck. And they find a Twilight girl. Well, he finds her. <laughs> sorry, he's hiding in a strip club from like his other work colleagues. He's just panned them all off and he's hiding. And That's she's everybody's like, excuse. She's like <laughs> just this like. St- the most tragic like lap dancer I've ever seen like she's just like just looks like a dirty mess um and he he was all yeah I'll take a private room come on you know because he just doesn't want to be seen yeah and she's flat out trying to just get money off him and go with him and he's like really not interested and it kind of turns into a kind of father-daughter relationship uh it's pretty cool um really kind of be freaking out like what's his wife going to say when she gets here? Like, it's just yeah. like, cause she's like 16, like this week here, like this runaway child who's like just covered in bruises and scars and she's living in basically a squat, you know, and he's just like 
just done fixing her house up and all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she's really odd. She looks like those, like, happy days. Work away. Like. Got this chump on here. <laughs> I'm going to clear this one as it's done. <laughs> it's a weird one, though, with uh, Gandalfini, because me and Dan, it's like probably one of our favourite actors ever, R.I.P. Gandalfini. We were fucking devastated when he died, even though we never met him. We were just talking before about celebrity worship. <laughs> but, <Not> uh, yeah. <laughs> but That's hero worship. Yeah, it's hero worship, it's true. Uh, the great thing about him is he was such a good actor and so magnetic. You would say that any performance, even if it is, you know, kind of like a one-note character, like his last performance in The Drop is a pretty one-note gangster, but he just brings on date. And I don't know if that's just me personally, because I love Gandafini and I'm looking for things that maybe I wouldn't look for with other actors who I'm not that interested in. But I just personally feel that. And I mean, you've heard a lot of critics say that, that he could always bring someone to a role that was maybe just a wee kind of throwaway performance. Uh, I haven't seen Welcome to the Reddies, but one that I watched recently as well. Have you watched it enough, Sid? No, I haven't seen it yet. It was the David Chase one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was. It was uh, no, it's, it's, oh, it's not the David Chase one. It's, uh, it was his second last film with uh, Julia Dreyfus, obviously. Julia like, Dreyfus? Yeah. From Julia Dreyfus, from like Veep and Seinfeld stuff, and it's amazing. And he, he plays himself, and there's some really uncomfortable scenes in it. Like a lot of it's about him not being attractive and he doesn't feel attractive enough to be going out with uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus and he's saying about like how he's obese and he's never took care of himself and then like when you think about that in your mind he kind of basically died of his obesity like six months after that was filmed and just adds this kind of really unsettling and sad layer to it you know but mm. it's got an uplift in it but that's besides the point I'm talking about Norfolk uh, no I, just to say about Welcome to the Rallies, I mean I actually really enjoyed it and for the reason Shan said as well it's like Gandalfini I mean I could watch him do anything watch him bow an egg I don't know I think he's fantastic but uh, which he does play in Hamilton Sopranos, to be honest. Like, <laughs> but uh, uh, there's some great scenes in it. Like uh, obviously he's like using Kristen Stewart's character to sort of replace this daughter that he's lost. And then whenever the mother actually does come in and meet them, it's like she catches on. And then I think that's when we catch on as an audience yeah. as well. It's like, so you're not doing this, are you? You know, she's not our daughter. And then Kristen Stewart eventually like sort of figures out what's going on and she just like rejects it. And like there's a wild lot of like really, it's a very hard watching places. I didn't think it would be, but yeah. There's some really, really hard times in it. And, uh, yeah, it was really well-scripted. Like, you know, yeah, it didn't just go for the easy way out near the end. But, yeah, I actually really enjoyed that film. Yeah, it was, mm. as you say, well-scripted in the sense that there's never any real, like, you know, there's no, oh, daughter's dead. But, you know, it's you have to figure everything mm. out. And there's I like, like yeah. those kind of watches. Like, um, I feel like at certain points you're behind what the characters know. And then at some points you're ahead of what they know. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice... It's a viewing experience. Let's go on the song cheerier. cheerier. <laughs> actually, I wanted to show you something as well. This is actually it's pretty cheerful. So I went today mm. to Tesco's just to have something to watch. I was going to talk to you about Studio Ghibli and stuff. Just some anybody open yeah. the packet. Okay, I'll take it's this. a DVD. It's called uh, The Tale of the Princess Kaguya. Okay, and I'm going to open this up and watch what falls out. Some oh. things fall out. Someone has fallen out. Oh, it's a small comic. <laughs> what is this? No, don't open it that way first. Open it this way? No, read it like a, like an actual comic first. Read it like an actual comic? There's two of them, actually. Here. Do you want to read it? Is there oh, more? I don't know. There's, there's, one, there's two of the same, right? So I found these inside this DVD case, which is like a double cover. It's called Bateman. And on the back, it's like, like on Facebook, Bateman Comics. It's obviously like a hand-drawn, hand, like photocopied and printed like zine. Yeah. Mm. Of like some dairy boy who just writes a wee comic. Oh, it's so yes. class. I was really like. I was going to say I looked handcrafted. Yeah, look like, and then whenever you unfold it out, I won't read it if you want to watch it or read it. Go on Facebook, but 
it's an it's a wee poster oh i was like really cool, yeah. i was really lured i was like that's i think that's even a comment on the kind of he probably went into tesco's and bought the people who buy this kind of thing will enjoy this kind of stuff you know so that's amazing well manga so, man if you're out there listening you're a lovely <laughs> lovely human being keep putting them comics inside dvd packagings Batman ba- comics Batman was a superpower do you know what I mean Batman oh tell okay. there's a wee blurb on the front he can I think. catch he's loads like, of fish he's like <laughs> looking for a date or something I don't know what oh, we should get we should get Batman a date let's get him hooked up let's make him date Batman date man <laughs> date man we're on your we're on your cause that's actually fucking class I've never seen really something like that yeah. so nice it's just you know what I mean it would be cheery yeah <laughs> bring him around <laughs> are we just made Tesco aware that someone's going on and throwing comics I mean, into sorry, their duties. Just, <laughs> just, just beep that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> this is in shop. <laughs> Standard shop. Okay, we'll move on to news. And the first news is a couple of trailers came out this week. Yeah. Warcraft and Alice Through the Looking Glass. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to talk about first? Warcraft, because I want to talk about Warcraft because I was mighty disappointed. It's not like I was never, I was never a big gamer. Maybe when I was like a kid. I was never a World of Warcraft player, but I talked about this a few weeks back. Duncan Jones released a teaser, I think it was like one or two Comic-Cons ago now, and he kind of outlined this idea for what Warcraft to be, and because obviously Warcraft is like a never-ending world, you could never condense that into one film, so he said that he wanted to make it a mood piece of this sort of fantasy world and just get the tone and the atmosphere. I'm really interested in films again. I mean, we talked about Valhalla Rising last week, and that's that's a to a T. And then when I seen the trailer, it looks like the most cliched fantasy film I've ever seen. Even some of the dialogue in the trailer was awful. And that's just a trailer, which is, you know, usually the best part. I was fucking massively underwhelmed by it, like. You know as well, you're talking about uh, you want to make a mood piece of Warcraft. I played World of Warcraft, uh, level 70 Druid. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so bad how much time was I put into that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the amount of time that I put in there, if you want an actual mood piece of Warcraft, it is just boredom and boredom. Just, like, they all level up, and you feel like you've achieved something, and you haven't. But just to say, so, I mean, <laughs> the lore and all is there. Like, I mean, it's quite interesting, you know, if you're into this sort of fantasy setting and all that. But, I mean, it's it's just the same thing. Maybe Assassin's Creed might get it right, but video games just don't translate to films. You know, uh, yeah. it was, I think, again, we talked about this a long, long time ago, like, way back in one of the first podcasts, but I had a teacher once who was a big gamer, and uh, a huge Fallen fan and he made a really good point that always stuck with me he said that the reason that video games don't translate well onto the screen is because the whole or sorry the main allure of video games is the fact that you're involved and you're in control as soon as you put these characters who you're usually in control of into a film you're no longer in control and you have no say in that world so you just have to sit back and actually watch them go through a storyline that you're already pretty familiar with yeah, a lot you of things as well, though, is that, you know, when you do play a video game, like even something like Warcraft, where it's like role-playing game, or even, you know, just the standard adventure game, because you stick with that character, and even in a short video game, you're talking about 20 hours, or maybe you do develop a sort of connection, but then if you go to watch a film, it's it's stock characters, do you know what I mean? Especially because these aren't productions that really respect the lore or yeah. the storytelling. They just use these stock characters and dwindle them down, and, you know, it, it doesn't have the same effect. It never it's, will. It's a moneymaker, and obviously, I mean, we maybe see games that are really well lauded like you know, the Silent Hill series or maybe Metal Gear Solid or something like that that is years of effort building characters and literally building characters you know through the graphics and stuff like that and building these worlds whereas then when it's proven to be successful Hollywood will step in and go oh we can buy the rights to that and just you know kind of do a knockoff version we don't have to focus on the characters because we know for a fact on name recognition alone this will sell a fucking huge box office 
and it, I mean I think that's another reason why video game films haven't you know really been ad- adapted that well I think video games are still seen as a wee bit of a joke in Hollywood they're still seen as something that's not a real art form which I disagree with and I'm not even a, a gamer but I do disagree with that big time uh, I'm hoping though again I've not played it but I'm just really interested I know Mickey's a huge fan but The Last of Us it seems like they're putting a lot of effort on that they actually make that a proper drama they're making that into a film yeah, yeah. yeah. shut Seriously. up yeah. like yeah. the game was already like a film I think like yeah. so good but no the actual creative director Neil Druckmann is writing the the script for it as well That's so he's, he's involved in it but what I was going to say about Warcraft is like B- Blizzard who make World of Warcraft they they seem to be involved in the film a bit as well because like the trailer was uh, it was premiered at a bit like BlizzCon and stuff like that mm-hmm. and they seem to be a, a bit involved in it and I think they would take a bit more care with their own property than like what you were saying, like a, just like a studio just buys the rights to it or whatever. I mean, I'm I, I'm not saying that you know no care has been taken because don't get me wrong. When I actually seen like the sort of worlds and the graphics, they look top notch. They look absolutely phenomenal. I'm just saying that for me, and I'm not trying to be facetious or kind of in any way in saying this. I actually think it looked like a sort of you ever hear of mockbusters. Mm. I actually thought it it seemed like a complete not a rip off like the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings series, even though. It's not that it's, its own world with its own text and its own history and lore. It just, it, it just looked really basic to me. Well, I, I think, I think, it, it, like in a short trailer, it'll be hard to try and convey whatever lore they're trying to tell, like any kind of backstory or what they're trying to build on. I mean, even the story, like you can tell what that storyline is already. You know, outsider joins. You know, the the fucking the renegade force. You've seen that? It's fucking just Avatar. You know what I mean? And it's just mm-hmm. Avatar. Really thinking the same thing. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, just no, Avatar. but no, that's that's not what I got from the trailer. It's these two Warren tribes or whatever it's the orcs and the humans and then they obviously have to come together they face some sort of greater evil like the men and the avatars I'm pretty well no <laughs> that's one guy yeah. they're fighting the humans I don't know I, I was just probably I was expecting more of it especially after I seen that teaser a while back and it just seems like maybe hence why it's taken so long to get to the screen there's been a lot of executive meddling because it seems like what Duncan Jones originally wanted to do they've completely changed course because yeah. it now just seems like you're sort of identical sort of conveyor belt fantasy film as opposed to someone that looked a bit different and looked like it was having a bit of thought put on it that's only my opinion yeah but, but just to say just to say as well though I mean in t- terms of the entire World of Warcraft thing I mean about five years ago World of Warcraft was absolutely massive even maybe even longer than that I think about eight years ago was when it was really really big and not as much anymore mm-hmm. I mean it really is like sort of a dying franchise stuff like Starcraft and it's sort of more ticking over now in terms of like people playing online. So well, yeah, I don't know how much draw it still has, but obviously a lot of people still play it. But it's not the same. I, I think Star, uh, sorry, South Park probably did it as close as you can get the World of Warcraft in their episode. <laughs> I mean, because parody is the only way to do it. I think because it's just too big to properly tackle. I seen a I seen a YouTube video. I'm pretty sure he was playing World of Warcraft, and I mean, I think he was like flat out addicted to playing it, like coming home from work playing it, blah blah blah. So I don't know whether his wife bought a new disc or actually deleted his game save, but either way, like, whatever, right? So let's just say for argument's sake, she deleted his game save. It's like a YouTube video and she's just videoing it thinking, oh, he's going to freak out a wee bit, but like, it's for his own good. You know, he's playing it way too much and all. She saw my husband's coming home now, blah, blah, blah. He sits in the computer and he's frantically trying to sign on and can't (laughs) sign on. 
Now, I, I don't know whether this woman's still alive, but he smashed the <laughs> shit out of his computer. I mean, bro, he was just oh no! Even at one stage, he was biting his monitor. And all. <laughs> <laughs> she, you could tell she comes to get the phone off. <laughs> she, she is Maybe. definitely dead. She is yeah. definitely dead. She's dead. Do you know what I mean? Like I've never seen mode like work. <laughs> Death by keyboard, I think definitely. Mm. Uh, All right. I did, well, see the way you're trying to say it has this by that. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people are that did. Like, mm. do you ever see that video on YouTube where you're at some young know, wee lad? It's a good couple of years ago when it was still big. Like uh, his man goes in, cancels his World of Warcraft, and he yes. goes mental. And he tries to, uh, it's the one where he's banging down his bed, walking in and out of his wardrobe. <gasps> yeah, I did see that. I did see that. And then he gets, a, he gets his remote, uh, TV remote control and shoves it up his hole. Yeah, <laughs> he strips, he strips all his clothes off and, like, right. oh, it's mental. I remember it's lying to him. Why in my life? Uh, that's that boy, he's class. It's his brawler video in him as well. His brawler's off. My ma just deleted his account and leaves the phone in his room. His like. brawler doesn't even step on that. Kids come out and self sodomy for fuck's sake. Where I'm <laughs> but why, why react that way? It's like I'm Some... so angry and he's on up my hole. <laughs> Deep underlying issues, Mickey. It came out, he realised it. Like he was saw. You know, he was walking in now the wardrobe and he was like, shit, I must be gay. I come out of the closet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is a uh, definition of Freudian. I'm telling you. <laughs> Fucking hell. But yeah, just to kind of sum up on Warcraft, I was kind of defending it a, a bit the, with Sham, but in general, I don't think it was a great trailer. Oh, no, the, no, it had that big eagle thing, though. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. The big eagle looked good. But I yeah, all, even all the visuals, they, they look, I hate using the word, but epic. But yeah. it's it, it, you, you could think that's a Hobbit trailer as well. Like. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, it looked just mighty, mighty similar to the Hobbit. They made, like, it could be somewhere. a Lord of the Ring, Game of Thrones, Hobbit sandwich, really. Which I mean, sounds it's amazing, you know what I mean? <laughs> but probably isn't going to be. But really, like, all no. those words should meet in the speak, poem. Speaking as a man that made a peanut butter and jelly and Nutella sandwich, it wasn't nice. Uh, <laughs> really? No, you see, it all sounds really good, but it wasn't. I think yeah. you went overkill with Nutella. Yeah. I made you a big sandwich once. Do you oh, remember Jesus. this? And we were in Berlin. Shan doesn't fuck up about the sandwich. It, it was sandwich. fucking amazing. It the best sandwich I've ever made in my life. <laughs> it wasn't that good. Was, was, no, no, no. <laughs> no, don't you change our tune now now that we're being recording. Right, like, go, go tell everybody it was in the sandwich. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning, Berlin. Probably about 10 o'clock. Probably about 10 o'clock in the morning. And we're oh, yeah. up all Are we night. talking time difference here? Or? Oh, same time. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. there's no difference. Actually, I'm talking about There's no difference. But in Berlin, Germany, I went uh, across the street to Lidl to get some things just for Michael. Want to treat my friend to a nice breakfast? Or well, a kind of breakfast, lunch. We didn't know what time it was like, yeah. so it was like, like a brunch. So oh, I he's got pretty tired. No, nah, not even at this no, point. No, we were just very drunk. Yeah, we had like a second one, so I got a big... I don't want to drop his on it, just... We <laughs> <laughs> got like a big fresh ciabatta. I got some nice butter. I got some fancy cheese, which was like three euro. What? I got chorizo, salami... And pepperoni, horse that on there, microwaved it, and then I thought this was a secret. <laughs> no, 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 I thought this was a secret ingredient because that's topical. I mean, everybody is like cheese and ham, fucking melts or whatever. But I thought, right, you got the heat off the cheese and the chorizo. I'll put a bit of cold potato salad on there, just to mix it up a bit. It was unbelievable. Mickey, you loved it. You fucking had like two seconds. Shan, I've been drinking for about 18 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you should market this to Subway. Well, oh, I actually put to bring it up. Yeah, Sacco, those boys, those corporate faceless 
Subway sandwich artist. This is a true independent sandwich making that we need. Exactly. Yeah. Six but, inch or foot long. We only do foot long. <laughs> but, <laughs> we only need two foot longs. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever been making potato salad and you can't be asked for the spuds to cool down completely? Maybe you don't realize it's And then you. it's slightly warm and it's like slightly warm mayo and it's just a bit. Ugh. Mickey, you have to realize you're the only person that makes potato salad. Like nobody oh, really? else. I know who makes potato salad. I made it once. It's, it's like Mickey's favorite good, food. But I, it's so good. I had no patience to w- wait, so I do understand what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> like I, there is something about that warm potato I, salad. It's not great. I, I, I bought a fan. <laughs> How random that we shared that experience. <laughs> you Best just friend, start club or something. See if you can get people to join. It's w- like warm pots. <laughs> warm pots. <laughs> Sad face. <laughs> Did you ever hear about that boy in Palos? I went up and I was all, oh yeah, you know when pizza can have some potato salad. He goes, you want mucker? So can I get some potato salad along with that? I said. What like potatoes and salad? No, I want potato salad. He, he didn't know what it was. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't like. He didn't have any. Do, do you Palo sell potato salad? But it, was like, it had like a deli type thing in front yeah. of him. It was the one down in uh, beside yeah, the Nisa. I and I he didn't know what potato salad was, but he looked at me like I was wrong. Like <laughs> never well, forget that. If you know, potatoes and salad. Best ones. The a, a friend of ours went on the. Uh, a friend of ours went on the chip shop, and he was all. Can I have chip cheese and curry sauce? He's like, I know job it. That's the best thing. That is. No, but he's literally saying everything he wants in it. No. It's not like he's going up with it. Oh, can I have a fucking like cowboy chip, yeah. chip curry? Like at the bar, people ask you for like a cocktail, but it's a very nondescript name. Aye. Like that's very descriptive. I mean, he is literally giving you every single element of that meal. Yeah. But he was all chip. <laughs> no, he was all chip cheese and curry sauce. He's all no, I, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. So, and unless unless the boy was taking a hand or something. Like that, but, no, but the best thing, right, is that your man. He poured the curry over the chips and then he was all, what now? <laughs> <laughs> put the fucking cheese on top of it. Like, what the fuck do you think? See, I would have put the cheese on first, then the curry, no? Ah, that's why he was an amateur. Ah, he's an amateur, but he doesn't even know what it is for fucking It's an amateur like order, words. anyway. First of all, it should have been a body. I know. Chip cheese and curry body, you know. So. Anyway, off Les So it's that guy's fault. Let's talk more foodies here. Moving on. Um, no, should we have to talk about the Alice Through the Looking Glass trailer? Yeah, so what what do we think of Alice Through the Looking Glass? I think it looked quite good. Surprisingly, because I don't like the first film Same at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my sentence. I don't yeah. mind the first one. It's just Depp's performance really fucked me off. And just the only thing that popped me off the trailer is the is fact him that it's going to be <laughs> Depp's same performance again. And no doubt Depp being Depp, he's going to ramp it up even further. Like He's going to be even more kind of ridiculous. But it looks cool. I like the whole thing. I've never read... I've read uh, Alice in Wonderland, but not through the looking glass. You have to read it. It w- see when we were watching that trailer, all I was thinking was how when I read that book, how messed up it was. Like, yeah. I, like that's I was, the fucked like, up like, one. Young, it was like messed up. I was like, my granny gave it to me. I was like, granny, she was like, oh, I didn't read it. I just thought it was like Alice in Wonderland, but like, <laughs> no. I just like it's the idea. Good. Like, I mean, you're probably aware of it because you read the book, but uh, this idea that time as a man I thought that was really cool like and you see all the, the nuts and bolts of the clock in the back yeah. of his neck and shit like that I it, it looks as sequels always are it looks a lot darker than uh, than the first uh, well, the original Alice in Wonderland like obviously it's just a wee teaser I think that trailer's only like one a minute long or so mm. it seems pretty short but it looks or maybe it was what am I fucking time <laughs> <laughs> are you Mr. Time, time. <laughs> time is that his name Mr. Time <laughs> <laughs> Sir I, Time. I, I just know. call him Time. time? I really hope it is. It really is just Time. I'm. <laughs> no, because I, I looked it up on IMDb because I, I wanted to make sure it was Sasha Bargoin. I, I was a bit uh, confused I, as well. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I know who that is, but I don't. Aye. 
I know because because I, I brought him up he's a few, few weeks ago oh, as well, so Sasha Barcon. That I think he should be doing more, and I would love to see him do more dramatic well, that's, stuff. That's the second one he done with Tim Burton. Now I know Tim Burton's not directing; he's producing. But uh, yeah, that, he had Sweeney Todd, and he was great in that. But yeah, I'd love to see him in more stuff. And Mr. Yeah. Sweeney Todd, what a performance! <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's well, all right. I'm only talking the puss. Just give me money. Go and ask Lucky Fruit and fuck me down that hole, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what is it, City? I, I think you're exactly right. I think he's just a phenomenally talented man, and he should maybe stop doing like the like Bruno and the dictator and shit like that because they were pretty bad. Borat's probably one of the best comedy films of the past twenty years, hands down. Like it was like our generation Spinal Tap, I think. Mm. Yeah. But uh, that's no, a good that's a good comparison. I think it, it really like, is it actually. I think it is like our. I went to see it in like. Well, well, thank you. The, I went to see it in the cinema. Uh, when I lived in Leeds and they do like it's not like here but you can go see a film at like 2 in the morning mm. so you get like kind of fucked up and we went, <laughs> to see, we went to see Bora and it was just that group experience comedy's so, like, the best sure, when we were yeah. watching Jaws at the film club yeah. like that group experience there's there's nothing quite like it but for a film you've never seen before and for something of that like kind of comedic caliber and has presence it was it was class it really you must have literally been dying laughing. Oh no! <laughs> it was like like somebody had a pass. I've DPE once or twice, so I, that's love the cinema, but that's like it that way. Yeah, they have to get up and it's awkward. But I mean, it was close to me peeing myself. I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it was so close. You were thinking I just like no. I was going. I was all. I can't even stand up at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> just fuck it. It's worth it. <laughs> I've paid my ticket price. I'll just I'll just spill my coke all over me. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've only done it again. <laughs> but it's you're constantly grabbing people's drinks and throwing them. <laughs> that happens every time we go to the cinema. Like, I know I'm so, such a klutz. <laughs> leaving that cinema drenched. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to our next news. Uh, Neil Blomkamp has announced that his uh, Alien Five project is on hold. He put out a tweet that said. Alien is kind of holding slash pending Prometheus 2, so I shall be working on other things, as much as I love the Xeno and Lieutenant Ripley. First of all, tightened pronunciation of Blomkamp. Uh, <laughs> I I can see why that is. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of banking there in Prometheus 2. You know yourself. It's not old enough. It's never came up on the podcast, but Prometheus is probably the film that I look forward to the most in, like, say, the past five years. And then I was really unbelievably disappointed with it. But then, actually, since time has passed, I've reappreciated it. And I've seen that it actually has a good film. It's just, you know, it's, it's got its flaws, but it's not what I wanted to be. Or what I don't think it's what it could have been. But I do think that Prometheus 2, Ridley Scott's fucking, he's, 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 no, he's no dozer. Like, he's obviously going to learn from his uh, the mistakes of the, of the first one. I think it could be amazing. But obviously, they're going to hold back on maybe starting to reignite the Alien franchise until they see how Prometheus 2 does because I remember when the first Prometheus was about to be released there was this whole talk about you know is it part of Alien or is it not is it a standalone film or is it part of the lore and it kind of vaguely was there was like slight attachments especially towards the end and they like it was almost like a precursor to the first Alien apparently the second one now they're making it very blatant that it is very much part of like the Xenomorph sort of world and very much part of well, that sort of yeah they've announced the title for it it's called Alien Paradise Lost yeah so well, they, they've dropped Alien. Prometheus altogether like. mm. so I think because obviously Alien and Aliens are two of the best sci-fi even two of the best horror films ever made and then it all fell away with three and then uh, 
Resurrection. Resurrection, Resurrection was absolutely fucking awful. And then they had the whole split of Alien versus Predator, which were just drubble. Like, I mean, they were just made to get bums on seats in the cinema, seriously. So <laughs> I think that they're going to, they're just going to wait until they see how that does. Alien's always obviously going to sell, but I think that the Ridley Scott's back at the helm. They're not just doing it. They make a sort of, as I said earlier on, like a conveyor belt sort of blockbuster or just they sell films. I think they're actually trying to put care into that world again and trying to make it so like basically put it back to the stand and where it was you know when when aliens came out but the the, the thing we neil blomkamp's one specifically say it again <laughs> blomkamp oh, <laughs> were you ever in south africa uh no <laughs> <laughs> don't know why i had anything about that <laughs> <laughs> somewhere <laughs> no it was the bog uh, <laughs> south derry <laughs> <laughs> But, like, he he was announced to be doing Alien 5, essentially, although it was going to take place in between 2 and 3. I think they were mm. just going to sack 3 and 4 as part of the story. They essentially have just... They've yeah. been, they, they've been <laughs> yeah. decanonized now. Like, they're completely struck off. But, uh, yeah, he was he was announced for that before Chappie came out. Mm. And maybe with the reception of Chappie, and not a lot of people liked it, that maybe they're just a bit nervous about having him behind the helm. Of it because Ridley Scott's still producing the new Alien films, and he I, I don't know if he's actually is he directing the Prometheus too? I think he is. I, I think, think he is. is I think he is. But yeah, so he like there was a story a while ago where he basically was holding off Alien Five, so Prometheus Two could come out before, but now it's fully on hold. Like, and Neil Blomkamp saying he's going to go do other things, so maybe he won't be coming back as a director. It's a sort of strange thing as well, and I don't want to kind of speculate or point any fingers around it, but I think it's more just Neil Blomkamp being very, very unlucky, because obviously he was nailed down, I think it was Peter Jackson suggested him, to do Halo, yeah. and that fell apart, and now it seems like there's a bit of trouble now in getting Alien. Now, I, I'm not saying that maybe as it's on to do with Neil Blomkamp, I think it might just be a bit of bad luck in, in, in his way. Like. Well, well, the thing with Halo was, it was before he did District 9 or anything, mm. so uh, Peter Jackson wanted him to direct it, and then the studio was like, you want us to give this big uh, franchise to someone that hasn't directed a film before? Yeah. He's only done like, oh, short films. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that that was why the studio didn't want them, then just the Halo project fell apart altogether. But I, th- I think now... Like he, he has three films behind him, and obviously everybody loved District Nine. But, see, this but is then he's this, he's gone downhill. Yeah, Elysium this, and Chappie. Exactly. This is what's worrying to me is that Elysium I just find ultra boring. Like it just it, there, there's nothing really particularly wrong with the film. It's just it's just not exciting whatsoever, and that's exactly what it should be. If it's supposed to be this sort of in the same vein as District Nine, this sort of sci-fi epic in a way, we know a lot of action in there, and then Chappie I just actually find a wee bit naff, and it seems like. It, his quality seems to be decreasing with each film and you could kind of pass that off as maybe audience is not getting it or you could pass it off as maybe it's not our scripts but he's been involved in all the scripts for all those films and he's been yeah. involved in near enough everything and you're thinking like, it's uh, Jesus Christ it's it's so I mean like Chappie and Elysium are the worst films ever made they're just they're they're, they're solid they're, they're no they, District 9 yeah they're no <laughs> District 9 I think it's that danger as well for a first time director if you have an amazing first film so hard then they recapture it you know there's a, p- people say a lot about music you know if a new band comes out and they have a fucking incredible first album there's always that difficult second album it's the same for any art form just you know you're always going to have that difficult second book that difficult second film you know like whatever that difficult second theatre production it's like you don't want to peak too early basically yeah. and I think 
you're, you're exactly right, Keith. I think that's the danger now with Neil Blomkamp. But like, he had a chance with Elysium, and a lot of people would give them a second chance to know if Elysium wasn't that great. But then Chappie was even worse on Elysium, and you're starting to think, Christ, yeah. I hope that that wasn't just a flash in the pan. You know, just a lot of time as well. You know, especially well in terms of authors, is that if they have some very very good ideas and they can flesh them out, but then is that all the ideas they have? And in terms of like, if you compare. For me, you know, District 9, Elysium and Chappie, I think District 9, you know, the way it starts off is this sort of mockumentary even type standpoint and then later on it does become this, you know, balls out of the bath action. Aye. The way that sort of develops is like it's very, very smart and very well done and the two films just lack that but altogether and that, that was its main that, character. So can even, I do anything else for you? That was even a criticism of District 9 is that, I mean, it's, it's obviously massively lauded and stuff like that, but a lot of people also didn't even like District 9 because they thought that he actually set up this sort of film that was socio-political and it was so obviously an allegory of apartheid in South Africa and it was so obviously about like white discrimination on black people in South Africa and he built it up through this kind of mockumentary more realist style and like you said like halfway through that film in it just becomes your standard sort of shit em up action film and it kind of lost that power and a lot of people were disappointed in that because the first half of the film is given these layers the action films that you don't usually see especially Hollywood ones because this was a you know, South African production and then Elysium and Chappie have been just very much in that vein of just kind of balls out of the bath action, we none of that in there, and I think what he was seen as really interesting, and I wouldn't say a niche director, but an exciting director, because I think a lot of people assumed that he maybe had that in his locker as well, to kind of make him stand out from the crowd, but it's weird to with Elysium and District 9 and Chappie, what's most weird is that they're all three very similar films mm. you know, in world and in action yeah. and stuff like that. I know, the way they look identical. Yeah, like, the way they look, so you're thinking is he versatile? You know, does he have a lot behind him? Can he only do one sort of film? Yeah. You know what I mean? And why should you give him alien? Yeah, why should you give him alien? Because there's a lot of young, fucking, very, very enthusiastic and, and very creative directors out there who would fucking die with alien. Duncan like. Jones. But, but yeah, the, Duncan Jones. But well, this, not this, that word. <laughs> 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 but this is, this is why I was excited about him doing an alien film because it's him moving away from doing his own stuff because he's, he's wrote and directed all the, all our three films and, uh, I would like to see what he does just as a director and not have it be his own work and picking on someone else's kind of uh, franchise. Yeah. So Especially if, if Ridley Scott was producing, with Ridley Scott behind him, then I think that he, it would he would definitely be... I think most directors, unless they're a complete not unless you give like fucking Mick G or Kevin Smith the Alien franchise or something like that, I think it'd be okay. But hey, Mick G, Mick good Alien. I think Terminator <laughs> Salvation's massively underrated. I thought that was pretty. Charlie's Angels is of course fucking horrendous, but <gasps> sorry, take that back. <laughs> <laughs> but we really scott behind him. It's it's always going to be of a certain quality. It's always going to be of a certain level. You know well, I mean? you say you say that, but like Ridley Scott's last few films, apart from The Martian, they've been panned as well. No, I hundred percent agree. With you. I mean, like even as going as far back as uh, Christ, the Russell Crowe one about wine, a good year, a good year. Even going as far back as that, I mean, even like uh, American Gangster was just very basic, very bland, and all his films right up until The Martian. And Prometheus, I do think, kind of we diamond in the rough. It, it does have a lot of strong points, even though, as I said, I was massively disappointed. But I'm saying, as a producer, when it comes to the Alien franchise in the Alien world, nobody understands it better than Ridley Scott. You know what I mean? So I think, as a producer, they have Jimmy that behind Cameron? me. Get Jimmy Cameron in there? I, I don't think he would, though. I, I <laughs> never would. would uh, he could just yeah, do anything he wants. Avatar, like, yeah. And at the same time, when you look at it, James Cameron, obviously, is a master filmmaker, and he <laughs> definitely knows how to make money in films. Like, but <laughs> James Cameron puck up and just develop the world of Ridley Scott and enough built himself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Can I just say as well that I... 
you just struggle to come up with a good year. Every single time we have a bottle that has a year on it, that's exactly what you say. <laughs> 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 a good year. How'd you forget that? I said it on the start of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Surrounded by bottles. <laughs> 2006 Weight Watchers. That's a good year. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Uh, the six billion dollar man has been announced with yeah. uh, Mark Wahlberg and will be directed by Peter Berg. Sounds phenomenal, that one. I I just think it's hilarious that six million doesn't cut it anymore because yeah. six million's a piece of pish. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> so it has to be billion. Awesome powers. I want a million dollars. <laughs> Fine, done. <laughs> <laughs> Take a loan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, some people spend six million on fucking insurance for folks like, you know what I mean? So, like, they've obviously had to move it on. You know what I mean? Somebody's done a bonger a month. But, uh... It would be interesting if they did the six million dollar man, though, and just, like, they made the film for six million dollars. <laughs> like, a pretty indie kind of six million dollar man. I actually think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And they made, it in the sa- they made it in the same aesthetic as the original TV show and stuff. <laughs> like, all he can do, really, is punch and jump really high. That's yeah. all the six million dollar man they, they have to do it in the same aesthetic. That's the only cameras they can afford. <laughs> six million dollar man, just, like, a perspective of a really cheap Premier League footballer. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but the fact that it's six billion now... That's a big step from six million. I mean, like, like when was the show on? Like the seventies. Yeah. So it was, it was it was six million, but no way is six million then six billion now. That's a big mm. step. Is, I mean, what are they putting on them? Is it a reflection <laughs> of? It's definitely not like a reflection of inflation. Is it a reflection of the top wealth of the world? Yeah. Because I mean, that's Aye. is on real high. You know Aye, for like a fact, though. Yeah. You know for a fact that this film's definitely not going to be some sort of socio political allegory. Yeah, bro. If anything, Should it's going to just be a fucking complete and utter love letter to capitalism and just be a money spinner. You know what's called six billion? You want a better accent than Marburg's as well? Uh, just like six billion dollars. <laughs> get, get a better on a Boston accent, please. They <laughs> <laughs> used to be able to do another like, accent, right? Six billion dollars <laughs> was the best accent you could get. Like, <laughs> you'd be expecting a Queen's English or something. Well, it's only six billion. They had to use five billion for like voice acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably had a fucking voice acting coach for Mark Rover, right? But uh, but the, the the director's Peter Berg, and he he kind of chooses things like it is kind of like one for the money one that he wants to do because he's he's done some kind of like he did Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg mm. and he's doing that other one, Deepwater Horizon about the oil spill, yeah. also with Mark Wahlberg, and uh, but he's then he's done stuff like Battleships and uh, Welcome to the Jungle is it the rock one? Yeah, and so he he kind of goes back and forth with these kind of projects. So this the one he's doing now is the oil spill one, and then he's going to do Six Billion Dollar Man, which would be like a big action one. Then I ironic that too, that he's doing a film about an oil spill, which is fucking notorious for fucking causing so much money and being an environmental disaster. And then he's going to make a film called The Six Billion Dollar Man, just about this boy who punches and kicks boys like. But uh, <laughs> but who's investing six billion dollars in the one guy as well? The government. Uh, <laughs> He wouldn't be that good though. <laughs> like what? What can he do? Guitar group. What worries me is that he must shit money. He has to. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's, he's about five billion just inside no, just, him. Just you know, that's the thing. He just pays for himself. He just shits twenty yeah. pound notes. Meowth from Pokemon. You can either he can talk or like shit gold. <laughs> Why would you let him talk? <laughs> <laughs> just keep feeding him. Fuck it. But there's someone too that just. And it's obviously the same. I don't want to uh, like kind of pick on certain actors or whatever, but any time that 
Mark Wahlberg's announced him anything. And even though he's done a lot of good films, I'm just still never sure. I'm still to this day not convinced about him as an actor. No, but has he, he done a lot of good films? But like, like even mean, after like well, The Fighter and Boogie Nights and stuff like that are pretty good. Like yeah, obviously he can the coach. as well. In that Departed, he can coach really good performances when he wants to. But just a lot of the time, he's he's just like a fucking cupboard. He's just such a one note actor. So many fucking times, like and. I don't know. I, I can never. He's one of those few actors I can never really get excited, even if it's like the best director attached and it's a really intriguing storyline. I can never just kind of fucking get excited when it is just Mark Wahlberg attached to it. I don't know what it is. I just find him boring or something. Yeah, but even those roles as well. Like, you know, obviously The Departed's really, really good, but you know, it is like the entire Boston thing works from well. But uh, even like Boogie Nights and sort of, you know, Lenny Evity that that character, George Diggler, sort of is meant to have, and you know, the sort of eventually becomes a dick I know it's sort of stuff that he can do I wouldn't really give him as you say like a proper serious hard role I mean like the happening stuff like that they didn't really work I mean it? obviously that's not going to be demanded of him on the 6 billion dollar man I mean I think you it's going to be a, yeah well you never know but I think it's going to be just a standard action film is like he that he, big a draw really I mean he still has I I mean like he can definitely fucking he can oh open no, a film I, like. I thought you meant the franchise of 6 million dollar man because oh, it, what? this oh, is yeah. this is another thing like recently they had the man from uncle yeah it's and that that bond because kind of no one really remembers it yeah, it's the like same it's the same as well as a lone ranger it seems like yeah. hollywood now has run out of ideas and not only have they run out of ideas but they've actually run out of really reputable franchises they recreate so now they've got that desperate that they are reaching right down to the bottom of the sack these <laughs> 70s low budget tv right. shoes you like know the day I mean? they're still in all i know it's like a classic film yeah, but it's not really it doesn't really have a wild popular ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. No, that, that, that's it. a huge that, that, I mean, like, that's a really as you said a classic film and that is huge in like the sort of oh, in a lot of people's pop culture especially people of a certain age oh, maybe, which yeah. I think that was aimed at and it was the same with War of the Worlds you know mm. what I mean that was obviously the radio play and stuff but The Man from Uncle and The Lone Ranger and stuff that, that just appears to be a very small sort of niche market and I think like The Man from Uncle did okay I think it's because they cast it very well and they did completely recreate that film yeah. As like a sort of espionage thing, and they, they just, it was it was the man from Uncle Name Alone. But I don't know the six million dollar man. I think and and they modernize is just a really cheesy sort of character. Like we can rebuild him, we can make him stronger. We've got the technology. Do you know I what mean, his real name is as well? Steve Austin. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, he's a true six million dollar man. That's See, right. that yeah, would get bums on seats. <laughs> oh definitely. Yeah, Stone Cold <laughs> as a six million dollar man. No, I would pay. I I would pay box office to see it. Yeah. Shoot, I don't sky. I would pay six billion dollars to see it. Like, you know, fuck yeah, like get alone. Um. Okay, we will move on to. Topics. 
Thank you, Kiva, for joining in. <laughs> so some people don't, <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and, it's, and it's very awkward for everyone yeah. else in the train. Aaron <laughs> still refuses me. Like I said this it's last week. We wanted to catch on, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't give any pre-warning. We wanted to see the reaction first. <laughs> um. Okay. Who got a topic? I have a topic. Um, I've actually brought visual aids for my topics. Oh, that'll work well in a podcast. <laughs> but it's more for you guys. Like Do the aids. Visual aids. <laughs> okay, right, so these are just Jesus. what I picked off my shelf at home. Oh, she's brought so, a DVD collection. And also, if you, anyone hasn't seen any of them, feel free to borrow. That's okay, why I brought cool. them. Okay, cool. There are Ghibli ones that I have. I don't think they bring, like, Spirited Away and stuff like that that you yeah. guys have all probably seen. These are some anime, and then just a bit of... Ignore that one. It's going there. Cool. Um, a bit have a wee nosy. Um, I was just going to talk a bit about... Studio Ghibli. Um, I think they're an amazing film company. And I thought uh, a nice way to start would be maybe a comparison between them and Pixar. Me and Dan were kind of talking about earlier. Um, So I was on this website doing a bit of (laughs) (laughs) pre-search. I like that phrase. (laughs) He's all researching the pre-search. Exactly. You just broke the dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so there's a website I was on. It's called LittleWhiteLies.co.uk, and they have a very good, uh, I wouldn't say review, but a very good argument for Pixar and for Ghibli and comparisons and contrasts against them. And I thought I would kind of start there. And all right. Cool. So uh, really, so they're all two animation companies, probably two of the biggest in the world, yeah. really. And they, I feel like maybe are not so much competitors. They don't collaborate with each other, but they definitely collaborate with the distribution yeah, of their stuff. Definitely. So, uh, Pixar, obviously, Disney, Ghibli, Studio Ghibli, should I say, are m- mainly distributed here by Disney. Yeah. Um, and redubbed quite well. By Disney. Yeah, like Howl's Moving Castles, like Christian Bale and stuff. And Christian it's Bale. Sweet. I mean, you're talking Christian Bale, Anne Hathaway, Michael Keaton, Billy Crystal. Is Joe Levitt not in one? Probably. Probably There's is. so yeah. many. Like I think Jogo. Studio Ghibli holds yeah. so much weight and it's and it's so well respected that the top, top actors actually, I mean, like, redubbing a film is probably, like, the, seen as the lowest ebb of any actor's career, but when it's Studio Ghibli, you get these you're, fucking you're A-listers jumping out. Yeah, yeah like, like, even, like, maybe... So not so much A-listers, but people like Dakota Fanning, mm. uh, Kirsten Dons. Like, there's just names that you know just that kind of are interested in, in doing these things. That's why I'm a wee bit shocked that, well, so this Halloween I, I went, well, mistakenly told people that I was Princess Mononoke, which I just, through pre-search, <laughs> <laughs> find out um, is not the name of the character that <gasps> I actually dress oh. as. It's like Ashik something. Japanese. You fooled everybody, Kiva. You fooled <laughs> no. everybody. Um, but Mononoke is actually a Japanese word for like a monster or a spirit or something. But it's a very good film anyway. But I was surprised. Like I wasn't too surprised that people didn't know who I was. But I was surprised that only I think two two people of the hundreds of people I met, like a social butterfly that night, <laughs> knew who I was and really actually watch any Studio Ghibli. I was one. You knew. Okay, three, I know. Three. I know. Three people. <laughs> um, I think it's a a massive thing that's maybe a bit overlooked, maybe maybe a bit P 
people think it's kind of childish. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about that. So, uh, I literally wrote an essay, which I'm not <laughs> going to read these. I like the fact he's come prepared. No, prepared. no. So I, I'm like, there's like, okay, animation, blah. I'm, I'm talking to you about the frame rate and about like, it's kind of boring, but slight comparison between Ghibli Pixar. Yeah. So Pixar is massively digital based. Mm-hmm. Um, they always run at 24 frames a second, which is for the sake of the human eye is like real life it's not as normality it's yeah. like real life it's it's as much as the eye can process basically mm-hmm. which is 24 separate images within one second where people a lot of people think that's like the, oh that's the creme to the crop of animation that's where it should be it should be you know as hyper realistic as possible. I like the phrase creme de la crop. Mixing creme de la crop and creme de la creme is good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yet again, broke my victory. Word art. <laughs> <laughs> In 3D. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas Ghibli, they're still traditional hand-drawn. Yeah. So they kind of, in a way, they're shot um, in two or three cells per second, which means that each image lasts for two or three seconds so they seem a bit slower yeah. a bit a bit more subdued really just like on the, their animation styles are vastly different someone said this is a quote from that uh, little white lies ghibli studio ghibli tells stories that happen to be animated where pixar tells stories that need to be that's yeah, a kind of niche yeah. of their that's a great quote th- th- it's yeah. amazing like that's why i, I had to cite that website because they have an amazing amount of information about both companies yeah. um but then that they complement pixar they're saying that they don't see that as a limitation it's an ability to find yeah. writers storytellers that can work within this setting and pixar at the same time use a very a modulated storytelling technique which is like once upon a time there was every day they did yeah. then this because of that because of that it's eventually like, then that's yeah, yeah. that's it's, their storytelling like that's a, how you do it's, it it is just a development of the, the classic yeah. sort of disney structure of like fairy tales yeah. you know what i mean only it's exactly. kind of more maybe realistically executed fairy tales you know for the modern world or for like modern families who are like a wee bit more cynical and then maybe we, don't buy that anymore when we say realistic we are talking about like finding nemo yeah. toy story yeah, 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 yeah. cars you know they're they're not massively not human based like yeah. a where where studio ghibli mostly are yeah. So they're very fantastical, but they're mostly about people or anthropo- anthropomorphic animals, you know, like, so it's a pig, but it's a man. Well, and nature especially, I think that's one of their main focuses, have a, is yeah, nature and the real definitely. world. Definitely, yeah. and whereas they they tell stories, yeah, that, that do happen to be animated, but I think that adds a, a layer of, like, visual stunningness that's, it's yeah, they're slower, more subdued. You could watch sure, what's Spirited Away. I think it's over two hours, yeah. and it feels mm-hmm. like it's no time because you're like so immersed in their their style of storytelling, and they don't have that once upon a time, this, that, then, the end. It's it's very loose, but yeah. they do they do roughly stick to a th- like a like a three act form. It's like mostly three acts. I think that it's it's cool we should do Ghibli, and that you're saying that they're films that are animated but don't need to be animated because you could imagine Shuru Ghibli's films as just live action films. Yeah. You could actually imagine Shuru Ghibli's films as live action almost like high drama 
or maybe like award co- contention films. Well, well, an example of that would be where they have Grave of the Fireflies, which is oh. their s- one of their first, I think. I don't think it was their first, but one of them is 1988, the year I was born. Wow. Best year. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to try and pronounce the director. Um, you can look him up. Um, but it's been made and the live action film. It should at be. At least twice already it has been. Has it fucking yeah, been and I don't know that they've gone down too well. I don't know how well they were made. I've never watched them myself. But have you seen Grave of the yes. Fireflies? It's, it's so, so sad. It's it's basically, it's about two siblings and they're, I'm reading my notes here, and, they're, <laughs> and their desperate attempt, they survive during the, the final months of World War Two, And then the director himself says that people people do watch it and think it's an anti-war film but he he's himself said it's not it's it's really just about these two living a failed life mm. because of their isolation from society yeah exactly and, and i don't like kind of keep saying oh you know what it'll be it'll be justified as being a live action film because that's really then kind of shitting on what animation is because i i hate that prejudice that animation's only for kids because certainly studio ghibli flies in the fist that and it exactly, shows that exactly like Studio Ghibli make animations, but it's not just for kids. They're good films that everybody can enjoy and everybody can take someone out of. Brings it back to that quote of Ghibli's just happened to be animated, mm-hmm. and that's not supposed to be bringing down the the animation, which is beautiful. It makes them what they are. <laughs> but I think you're right. They do bridge the gap between animated films and real films. Yeah. You know, people think they're different, and definitely with Disney and Pixar, they're they're different. But yeah. I think we Ghibli could could be either or. I I think too that whereas Pixar is kind of famous and gets a lot of backpatting for doing great films that are very accessible to adults and kids, it's still very much a storyline that is quite simple and quite accessible, and that's what it's supposed to be. They Pixar, follow, they Pixar, follow the yeah, same, exactly. which there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's definitely true because all Pixar does is comedy. They're all comedy. Mm-hmm. All their films, whereas there's comedic elements in a lot of Ghibli, but a lot of them aren't like comedy films. There are some standout comedy action, fantasy yeah. comedy, but like it's it's a rarity. Yeah, most of them, like most Ghibli's that I've seen are like meditations on life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then obviously they've got the comedic elements on there, but it's always been a kind of famous quote of uh, Hayao Miyazaki, who's obviously I'm not quite sure if he's still the president, but he is. That he's not as he no, retired he's not anymore. No. He's, he's not. He's still down now. Yeah, but he was like obviously. He's done the core of their popular films, written and directed. Yeah. Like found them far of Studio Ghibli, and he always said, and I'm sure you know this quote that you know children should only be allowed to watch one film a year, and they should spend the rest of their lives outside and experiencing the stuff. world. Mm. And it brings it back to what you're saying about yeah. Yeah. nature, yeah. the 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 themes that they have, especially my neighbor Totoro is very much about, and that's Dakota and L fanning yeah i think so the story's about two sisters and it's two actually two sisters and it's Mm. really about their interaction with the wildlife and the kind of friendly spirits and that's how they find Totoro. it's it's going through the woods and find this sort of the spirit who kind of helps along and then obviously there's this big fucking mad cat bus as well which i've never kind of got my head around but it's it's cool and they have a lot of cat themed films so they have the cat returns i i seen one where it was a bunch of cats and it was like (laughs) no no but it was like there is the king of the cats yes. or something. What so is that this one? is the cat returns. This that is was sweet. That was oh, really it's amazing. One. So the kind of pre- I think it's Anne Hathaway who does the voice of the human character. So she's a human character who has a kind of suppressed ability to speak to cats. 
she doesn't really know that she has this ability until, wish I had that ability so <laughs> until tell everyone they fuck she off. starts hearing like <laughs> random people like saying shit but there's no people it's just cats and then <laughs> she saves a cat from getting hit by a car and in return they get like they're bringing her gifts all these random cats are bringing her gifts and she's kind of like an awkward kind of dutzy teenager and they're like you this is the king of the cat kingdom she's just like in like a city like tokyo or something i don't know she's all what the f- what are you all about like <laughs> uh, so like you know thank you for saving him will you take his hand in marriage and she's kind of um i um they take that as yes <laughs> so then she has to go to the cat kingdom and marry this like wop dog cat i don't know like it's the dad from everybody loves raymond does the voice of the main cat I the, yeah, Peter and then Boyle? it's yeah. I think the cat king might be Tim Curry. I might be wrong. The, Certainly, you know the, the like, you know that like huge cat and his eyes are pointing out the other ways. I think yeah. he's the father of the one that she's betrothed to. <laughs> right. So we were talking about Ghibli, Pixar. I mean, you could go on and on, and you should go on and on and watch lots and lots and more and more. <laughs> but I did want to quickly talk about a couple of other animations that i really like and i think are maybe a bit closer to home so sylvain showmate is a he's a french animator a writer essentially a storyteller i think um his most famous i think they date would be the triplets of belleville or belleville rendezvous yes if you haven't seen it it's in french don't let it put you off i think there's about i think there's about three words spoken in the whole film the film's told through song music and pantomime it's uh, and they use a a mixture of digital and traditional animation which is like kind of mind fuck <laughs> but it's class <laughs> so you're like looking at this like odd kind roughly animated guy but he's on this like perfectly working bicycle <laughs> how is this happening <laughs> um, but, it, it's, but uh, i won't i won't tell you too much about that film but he makes other films like The Illusionist, which is a collaboration between his French company and a Scottish animation company and a Canadian and Belgium Belgian animation company. Shop in here. Oh, the, oh, most of the stuff he does is work collaborative from around the world. Nice collaborative one. from around the world. And um, The Illusionist, like kind of closer to home, Scottish. You know, mm. we get that Celtic vibe. It's pretty funny. It's about this like old shitty illusionist that this young Scottish girl meets and thinks is really magic <laughs> and um it's it's kind of one of those ages well the triplets of El- belleville is very plot driven whereas the illusionist is more relationship driven yeah it's looser so then he another one i have to mention before i move on from him is old lady and the pigeons which <laughs> is a short movie and it's hilarious <laughs> it's uh it's a surreal story of a starving policeman who dresses up as a pigeon and tricks an old woman and defeating him <laughs> it's that's a, that's unreal a, sounds like a script we would come up with it's so good that's right. what I mean like see when you start telling me I was like you guys would love anime you would love all these animations you would call it something like bird copper or something yeah bird copper as 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 mental as it starts it transcends and the even more craziness it just goes insane and it's like I think it's less than 30 minutes. I can't remember exactly, but definitely worth a watch. I guess I remember. So, so then Sylvain Chaumet also works with an Irish company. But uh, this film, it's called The Secret of the Kells. It's amazing. So good. Beautiful. Looks beautiful. But it's it's not just Irish-French, I think, as well. It's mm, Belgian. 
all these companies work together together anyway and the main irish company is cartoon saloon yeah in kilkenny and uh it's got Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, it's someone that we've always meant to talk more about on the podcast, and we've never quite delved into it. As obviously a podcast about film from Ireland, and we've never actually talked about Irish cinema. And I think The Secret of the Kells is one of the best Irish films ever I made. Agree. Massively I agree. lauded. And again, it's that mature sort of deeper look in the film that just so happens to be animation, yeah. and it's actually about Celtic lore yeah. and mythology. It's- and watching it, it's it's actually a bit of a mind screw because through a lot of it you don't know unless you have a deep rooted history in Irish mythology and lore, which I don't. I like to think I do, but I do not. Uh, it's you don't really know what's going on, but it's just the tone and through the animation and the colors, you kind of get the feeling of what you, they're trying you get to the purvey. Just of the story. Well, what yeah. they really do is like, so it's the Secret of the Kells. It's massively based on the Book of Kells, um, and about. But it's really about how the Book of Kells was made. It talks about Christian or almost pre-Christian in Ireland yeah. at that time, mythology. So it's got a lot of pagan monsters and yeah. Celtic mythology. It's It just looks fantastic. Well, what, what's cool is that obviously not only is it a, a clash of sort of history, you're saying about that pagan and then sort of the onset of Christianity, but then it's a clash of cultures and a clash of different styles of animation too through the fact yeah. that it's a collaborative effort through so many countries. So it just makes the sort of visual experience like it's it's such i wouldn't say it's, it's not a strange film but it's just a completely different film it's a very it's a it's a very inventive quite abstract illustrative so yeah. you have your you know you've got your standard characters they look like humans but really everything's say within the the frame of the picture the the frame of your screen everything's almost like like a pattern yeah. which goes back to book of kells because they're very much about patterns and symmetry and that's what it's I love. It, it looks like a, 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 in a way, it looks like a sort of old tapestry. You know yeah. what I mean? And how it's put together. It, it looks like it looks every single frame of that film looks like a church window, even in how it's sort of framed in a way. It's it's phenomenal looking, and again, it's all hand drawn. And as well, it's 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 a mixture of everything's hand drawn, but they use a lot of, of digital techniques. They get even more out of they, it. Yeah. Say they're hand drawn this pattern, but then they'll digitally impose it under these characters, so it looks like the floor or it looks like the ground, but it's not you know you, yeah. you watching it you're all that whoa it's 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 interesting for the mind they process these and it's just like cool when you see so many sort of conveyor belt animations or you know stuff and it's just like any film sort of genre or any sort of film technique that's not done with a lot of care and it becomes uh, just very repetitive and it's something that you, you just kind of expect you know what you're going to see and you kind of lose interest even before you've even sat down to watch the film it's just amazing to see a company or a group of companies taking an animation and going a completely different way. It's refreshing. Not only, it's not really only refreshing. through the actual animation itself, but through the story and what they're trying to tell. Yeah, I mean, it seems as well that, you know, as you say, with real life, there's obviously so much you can do with a camera, but, I mean, in terms of the language of cinema, it's something that you can really just, you know, throw the book away with and start over again when yeah. you get to animation. So, yeah, all this stuff sounds very interesting as well, yeah. It's, oh, it's, uh, it's, so it's amazing. And to go on for see the secret of Kells, uh, Tom Moore, he's the director, writer, well, co-writer, but his newest one's called Song of the Sea, yeah. which you sh- should really watch if you haven't. I haven't seen it, but it fucking swept up through the critics recently. It just it got nothing but five stars across the board. It's, I haven't sat down to watch it. So, right, it's like, it's beautiful in the sense of Secret of Kells. It's, it's mm. brilliant, but me, the best thing I found about it was the colloquialisms, and I think maybe 
that's just something me being from Ireland that I get, you know, and they're all, oh, Jesus Christ. You're all, ah, oh, <laughs> you know, you, you know exactly what you they mean. You know you. what they mean. And yeah, I think it's, for me, spending a lot of time watching animations that have come from so far across the world, it's really lovely to be able to watch an animation, a, a very high quality animation that's, that's from home, that's you know, you. that like you kind of can relate to on a different level. Um, okay, who's got a topic? Uh, no, just a general talking point. We always, well, I always at least rip into Remix, and you know how they just always need to be a cash cow, and you know, what's the point of them? But uh, can you think of any films that maybe should get remade? It's something that we, we talked about a few weeks back, yeah. and... Yeah, it's just a rite of passage now. I'm just going to mention John Carpenter, but it's 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 it's. it's it, I mean, like, it is a strange thing. Take that off your bingo card. <laughs> also, do an English accent. Quick, I'm at their crime. Sorry, I'm at their crime. Quick. In regards to Carpenter, I think that his films are that rich visually, and very much of the time. But I think it's something we brought up before is that he presents these big, huge worlds, but you only see one small storyline. And every time I watch a Carpenter film, I think, oh, there's so much more to that world. There's so much more you can do with those characters. There's so much more you can develop. So I think his films are ripe for remix. Unfortunately, you know, one of his films has been, or two of his films have been remade already, and probably two of his best films, Halloween, nothing. And they've been awful. But I mean, again, that's the sort of cynical cash cow machine just trying to recreate old titles because they're running out of, you know, original did, ideas. Did you hear the thing about, uh, I can't even mind the name of the the production company but it's a northern ireland one they're they're trying to get a remake of the thing going mm? it's called the hang i think one that's right for a remake and like she has now i think in like very very early pre-production for a remake is escape from new york I oh, think yeah, that they are the world that Carpenter built on like a shoestring budget with that and made it look so good with modern technology and modern money especially that could be a phenomenal sort of apocalyptic sci-fi whatever you want to call it film the only thing is though is that I think that Carpenter's films are so pop culture and at the same time you know most of Carpenter's films you would say they're sort of straightforward narratives and there's not they're more kind of action based or they're more kind of thrill based they just lead themselves into the Hollywood money men, just throw money at it and not actually caring about the world. Whereas that's the, the, the beauty of Carpenter is the fact that he made these sort of straight accessible narratives, but he cared so much about every detail of the film that it seemed like a fleshed out and, and, and carefully produced sort of finished product. But I think that if they were remade, they would just again be, and I've said this term fucking about 10 times tonight, conveyor belt sort of blockbuster. Mm. Uh, well, the thing for me, we, we remakes in general, is that I've said on the podcast before, remake everything why, yeah. the, why the fuck not like, which is a, it's a fair point because <laughs> I remember that me and you had this huge argument and you kind of undercut my argument by saying that and I couldn't really argue against it yeah, it's, because you know, it's like it's just more films for people to enjoy I suppose I, I get a victory sip of the danger yeah. model <laughs> I know I think I'm a wild like completionist or whatever so I think that if I really like the original and then the remake comes out and I'm not interested in it it's sort of like 
it tainted. Yeah, for me it does. But like, yeah. but like what Mickey says, you can easily in your own mind just ignore that ignore that, that didn't happen. Ignore. Yeah, like say they it's remake impressive. your your favorite film. Like I mean, put it, it in the vault. Yeah, just stuff on there anyway. So, <laughs> 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 but say if they remake your favorite film and it turns out to be a piece of shit, I mean, like you still have the original. You know what I mean? And I, I don't really see why it's a bad thing. I mean, you can say, oh, they're just doing it for the money and all that's here. But, like, literally every film is made to make money in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Because it, it needs to at least make back the money they spent yeah. on it. It needs to break <laughs> even, of course, at like least. Yeah. And it's just... We, like... I think with remakes as well, it's just a kind of dirty word to some people. If they hear a remake, they, it's instantly going to be bad. But you you look at some famous uh, classic films and you don't think that they're remakes, but they are, like Scarface. Yeah. And also The Thing is a remake. Yeah, of course, and, of The Thing from another world, yeah. And uh, The Fly as well, uh, the David Cronenberg words, that's a remake. But you do have to agree that they are few and far between compared to what remakes usually turn out as. Bad Lieutenant as well you can talk about it earlier on yeah. that's more a reimagining though that's not really a remake yeah, I mean like that's a completely different a, story a reimagining a reimagining yes hey <laughs> <laughs> like we it. should have a fucking dictionary corner no, I, no I'm <laughs> saying we should have a fucking break the dictionary <laughs> corner we've done like a couple things yeah. Yeah. I love it I don't want to no just one I do think that will get remade and probably I could see them doing a good job of it but uh, the Harry Potter franchise I know they're doing that. What is it? What's the the beast and where to find them? Yeah, incredible beast and where to find them. So obviously, you know the live action still has legs or whatever. But uh, I'd say that obviously the films six uh, took place over you know well eight years with the films. If they were to maybe even do like an animated Harry Potter mm-hmm. and like even start in like ten years from now, I mean it's an entire new generation. And you know that obviously the Harry Potter movies are very very good, but they will make a lot of money if they do that animated and for the whole new generation. So I could see it happening, but then. Is it a good thing? I don't know. Mm. I, I think you would need to leave a big gap with something like I heard. I mean, like I heard something about a talking about before. When are they going to remake the Lord of the Rings? And yeah. I mean, uh, like how, how long has it been that since Lord of the Rings? Now? Like 10, well, I mean, 11 like years since the last one was, yeah, 2003, so 12 years. That's on real. That's actually kind of linear timeline for me, shocking how long ago that was. Because yeah. I think still Lord of the Rings. I watch them DVD the repetitive, yeah. you know, like, oh, Lord of the Rings marathon. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. Well, actually, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you must have had two, yeah, you must have had two weeks off work. They do that, like, Extended but, versions. <laughs> but it's, and, it's, and technically, Lord of the Rings is a remake. Yeah, from <laughs> the animated film from like 68 or something like that. I yeah, can't remember. Like they, but they took a lot from that as well. If yeah. you watch the special features on the, on the DVDs that... They actually reference a lot of the artwork in that as well and what they did live action in. Maybe the the kind of stigma that you were saying that comes with the word remake comes from maybe your memory of the previous film. So if you were unaware of it, yeah, class yeah. film, well, but I mean, like, once you're aware of it, you know, we, so maybe it is about the amount of time. Yeah, maybe, I mean, talking about, like, you know, big characters. I mean, what about Mickey Mouse? When's the last time we saw yeah. him on the big screen? Maybe a Fantasia? Mickey Mouse is probably one of the stupidest fucking sentences I'm ever going to say, but Mickey Mouse is actually very interesting as a character and, and, and like in his, in his sort of history and stuff like that because he kind of kick-started the Disney phenomenon, you know, back in the 20s with like Steamboat Mickey I and thought stuff he was like a sailor. Steamboat yeah, yeah, sorry, Steamboat Wally, you know, back with Steamboat, Steamboat Mickey. Steamboat Mickey Dorty Steamboat. Mickey Dorty was Steamboat last night. <laughs> <laughs> but like we... 
Steamboat Mickey in films like Fantasia. Steamboat Wally. <laughs> sorry, Steamboat Wally. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm mean, sorry. Steamboat Wally. But Steamboat Wally and Fantasia and stuff like that. He was the first kind of poster boy at Disney and he was immediately their mascot because he was essentially their first character except that rabbit that nobody remembers. Uh, I can't even remember his name. But... Uh, but uh, Mickey Mouse stemmed from that character. Yeah, well. Mickey Mouse, and, and I love the I fact didn't that even know there was a what rabbit yeah, he, character. He's, he was the first Truxie or something like that. He was I the, can't even the, mind the first ever Disney character. Mickey Mouse was second, but Mickey Mouse just stole all that rabbit's limelight. Like, well, but, no, it, it, Mickey Mouse was an evolution of that rabbit, yeah. like because they they brought out a game a while back called Epic Mickey. It was on the Wii, and uh, they they incorporated that. Bonnie and it just to kind of give a bit of it's a throwback, aye, and it, it just to show that they're brothers, man. <laughs> I, I look into it. I've never, I've like that just yeah. shows like how much Mickey Mouse was. He's completely the main just fucking mascot yeah. because never heard this rabbit. Mickey Mouse is that because he is now seen as the mascot of Disney and he is the absolute fucking epitome of everything that Disney are. And I mean, you can't imagine Disney without seeing the two bunny ears and the logo and shit like that. What's weird is that. There hasn't actually been a Mickey film in like seventy years. I think people have just kind of got on the. touch it. Yeah, exactly. There's I think so many TV shows and stuff. But yeah. that's like preschool as well. Preschool, yeah. So oh, they're all very like goofy, but, like yeah. you know. Oh, goofy can eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the only, the only sense that they're wanting to touch Mickey is that that kind of. I don't want to. It's not CBBS. I know, but that kind of level. Preschool, yeah. Thing. Oh, yeah. Because the thing is, is that obviously Mickey Mouse was released literally at the very start of Disney, when it was completely and utterly focused on children. And because Mickey Mouse, in the modern time, is a kind of ridiculous character, he's not a Nemo, you know, he's not a Wally, he's got no depth, there's no real story to him, he's just a mouse with a high squeaky voice. You should just make a film like Mickey the Rat. (laughs) 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 You should. Just make a pure gritty and horrible. Mickey Mouse in a crime drama or something. No, but he was a he was a rat, and he stole the life of this mouse. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's just constantly worried about being found out. He's, like, <laughs> oh, no, and he, he's, he's trimming his ears into circles, and like, <laughs> I, and you're really realistically seeing this happening. I, it's, no. a, it's a really brutal scene. The blood's yeah. coming I, out. Let's, ah! let's destroy childhoods. Let's do it. Like, yeah, yeah another project that they start working on. Like. That's my next money animation project. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrifying. I'll have definitely no friends. <laughs> Mickey Mouse is too pure. He's too wholesome. He's got a stupid voice and there's not a lot that you could actually do with him. It's because it's... I think he was never really, really, I don't think ever a character. Yeah. Like, he never really, when I say character, I mean like a, a caricature of a person that... Yeah, he's not but a person I mean, like, mouse, exactly. but like that that he has a story. Ne- ne- exactly. He was ne- oh, yeah. he's always been very two dimensional. Ne- name a personality should have Mickey Mouse's. Besides him he's being got Mi- ears. Besides him being Mickey Mouse, what does he actually do? That's what I mean. He so was literally just a hand drawn animation that was thrown under these wacky situations. And that was just actually... a showcase the like, the animation quality that Disney had mm. and then once they got interest and then found him because of they, they yeah, they made Fantasia, yeah, but I think Fantasia was massively about, not Mickey Mouse, but it was about the techniques and yeah, animation. The actual visual yeah. aspect, though. Mm. Amazing, and also the soundtrack was unreal. unreal, 
and it was never re- Mickey Mouse just happened to be there waving about in a robe. I when it comes down to it, I mean, like, how the fuck do we even start talking about Mickey Mouse and his dark and deep past? Remix. I think that's the title of this podcast. <laughs> what? Mickey Mickey Mouse's dark and deep past. <laughs> <laughs> but what you what you asked there, there's like oh name like a trait of Mickey Mouse. Like a, a personality trait or whatever, he's a massive egotist. Yeah, he, he is. He has his head on everything. <laughs> he goes with a bird that looks exact same as him, just he has eyelashes on a bow. You know what I mean? He probably he probably masturbates in them early. <laughs> you know as well though. You know if you go about like uh, Disney World, and that they actually have wee hidden uh, logos of like Mickey Mouse, but they're like, and there's these people online who like try to find all of them. Nah. Like car parks are laid a certain way, and you know uh, I've been there, and you know like certain like vents and stuff that are like part of you know a set that you're on. Some of like the circles in the vent, like, one of them will be in the shape of like Mickey Mouse and they don't bring any attention at all to it it's just this wee one tiny detail uh, it's like and, wee but there's like dozens of them all around the park and some of them are like really really well hidden it's really cool they, they, do that. they actually do that in Kingdom Hearts as well you have to try and find all the wee Mickey logos yeah it's really cool the way they do it but at the same time in, in a cynical mindset you're thinking yeah, that's just another way of fucking backslap and I'm trying to fucking pump up that brand like you know what I mean yeah, so well you're already in Disney World yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotcha, right. that's Hi, how much do you need to be sold <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm still not sure about this fucking park. I'm at Disneyland, ironically. (laughs) Uh, Does Mickey Mouse have a stutter? No. No. Honestly, the wee... No, that's just just a a small, strange laugh. He's just having a The many cartoon characters have. That was actually pretty nice. That was spot on. Well, thank you. Well, (laughs) they got the same name. Same same birthday as well. I share Mickey Mouse's birthday. Fuck off. 18th of November. Did you make it up? No, that's Mickey Mouse's birthday. What? Like, is that what your name, Mickey? See, I asked my mom this before, and she said, no, it's just a coincidence, but come on. Come on. <laughs> your mom's mad about Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse and Bruce Springsteen, obviously. Also, well, well mentioned, so Mickey, your birthday's coming up then. What do you want? <laughs> Hi. So, listeners, you know. That's better than a Facebook <laughs> reminder. <laughs> a couple weeks later. <laughs> One of the things I want to mention about uh, re- remakes or reboots is miscasting in, uh, in a row mm. like the big one I wanted to talk about was Terminator Genesis yeah you know Genesis Genesis <laughs> it's got the Y in there Genesisers <laughs> I don't care uh, <laughs> I don't give a fuck <laughs> I don't care about like, no shit the biggest one was casting Jay Courtney as Kyle Reese yeah, yeah that was bullshit <laughs> I really ruined it for me. Like, Where is he getting all that protein from in the future? You know what I mean? <laughs> Aye. Have them muscles? That's dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like, if you if you watch the original Terminator, you have Michael Bean as Kyle Reese. Sean Bean's brother. Mr. Bean. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. Mr. Bean. <laughs> Mr. Bean. Continue. Maybe lose my line of thought <laughs> <laughs> by saying Mr. Bean. It, it doesn't take much to make you lose your line of thought. As soon as you said Mr. Bean, though, I was really just thinking about Mr. Bean, like the goldfish. Mr. Bean bitten about Terminator. I just Rowan Atkinson rocking up. It's like, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> but he just mimes it. <laughs> Again, another good film. Aye, when, you look, when you look at Jay Courtney's films, like he was in uh, Jack Reacher, and then he was in, well, as I said earlier. To Dan, fucking Die Hard Five doesn't exist. Uh, by the time they accelerate, because Shit. Jay Courtney is one of those topical actors where he's got the look, 
and he's got like he's a got si- love. he's got little body for for you. But I mean, he's got a certain look. Damn, that wasn't where like. I was going with it. <laughs> like, All right, okay. Fucking was that a mashup? Slip a body format in there, like best that ever made. But anyway, Jay Courtney. Body farm for you. Such a chill. We're we're gonna get stacks of body farms. New sponsors of next week. Bam. Give me, you guys don't need them. We're all about the ladies. But what was I gonna say? Yeah, Jay Courtney. He's just a shit actor when it comes down to it. I mean, it's 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 wildly say, but I mean, he is essentially a fucking a chest of drawers. He's a cupboard. He's the blandest fucking actor you ever see. Okay, and we'll go on to. Wardrama! <laughs> it's gotten better since last week. Thanks. <laughs> it's kind of modeled after the guy that does the E4 voice. Or the X Factor. Or the X Factor. Same guy. He, he's, from, he's from Belfast. Same right? thing. He Sorry. can hire him out for functions. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up. He just, he just says people's names. Keep us sweetie! Oh, I would just play that every day waking up. It sounds like a referee who used to do gladiators. Oh, contender ready! The wolf! Two, two, one! You look all right, first muscle! Gladiator! Go to my second muscle! Oh, he was Contender! <laughs> oh, he's probably dead now, isn't he? He's not even. Oh. Is he not? Oh. No, I was all on. I don't know. I was all oh. <laughs> He's alive. I get that. Oh, well, well done then. Um, okay. Uh, the Would You Roller submissions has come from our listeners this week. Essentially our friends, yes. Yeah, well, the first one is from Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Would you rather be a Jedi or a Sith? Stuff I love being a bad bastard. They never seem to win. I mean, I know it's all about bringing balance to the force, and that inevitably happens and all. But uh, I, I do, do. Do you like being a winner, Dan? Of course. What? What else is there? If you're not first, you're last. But uh, <laughs> you can be second. Like. No, as long as you're not first, no. Last. Literally, we're, if you're at the end of the game, runner up. They always told me that was good. Dan, Dan obviously I, had. I have stacks of p- participation <laughs> participation <laughs> yeah. trophies in there. I have stacks of. P- <laughs> Literally can't even talk. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, no speech and drama trophies on there. No? <laughs> okay, so uh, Shan, Seth, Kiva, Seth, Seth, Daniel. Seth. Yeah, definitely Darth Killen. Darth Killen. <laughs> yeah. Harry. Killen, oh, that's good. Ah, Seth's a balance. Well, not really. No. Well, well no. I, what, are, what are you? This winter. Um. Close fuck. I I think I would probably. Go Seth as well, just because you know the 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 old classic saying Seth's have more fun, you know? oh, and people want to be like underdogs. I, I would I destroy you all. Would you rather be chased around outside by a murderer or know the calls coming from inside the house? I think being chased outside by a murderer because you're in it. You know what I mean? Like you know for a fact that you're probably gonna die, and you know there's a fucking psychopath chasing you. See that one moment where you realize the calls coming from that, inside the yeah. house. That one That's moment, too creepy. I think that'd be more horrifying than actually being chased by a psychopath. It's that initial moment. There's no of adrenaline, fear, yeah, pump, yeah, definitely outside for me. Yeah. Fuck, you need the adrenaline. Like being inside, just like chilling out in your house, and someone calls you, and they're in your house. But no, when you that's, find, but that's when, chilling. But that's when you find, but when you find out the calls coming from inside the house, just jump out a window or something. Yeah, too lit. It's that's, too lit. He's inside the that's house. True, but I mean, outside is a much. Bigger territory. Yeah, there's, there's more space. There's more alleys. 
<laughs> don't, don't go down an alley if you're being chased by a murderer. See what Kimo was saying there. No, she was actually saying chilling isn't scary, but she was all murderers on site the house. That's chilling, man. That's chilling. Like, I mean, ne- Netflix and chill women murderers. <laughs> my mind. Um, I'm a murderer. What's the name of my gang? <laughs> I actually only found out what Netflix and chill meant like two weeks ago. <laughs> Oh, you're a closet of chill. Uh, well, you know. You actually have like a girlfriend and you're like uh, yeah, on the I'm house. Engaged. So Netflix and chill literally means uh, Netflix and chill. I mean, you could be working that Netflix and chill game so seriously. Well, no, every time I whack on Netflix, now we do have sex. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't, I don't even hear that. Every time you say, oh yeah, watch this Se- on Netflix. Sex flex. Sex flex. Sex flex. It is only going to be a matter of time before. Yeah, you just look for the worst flex. film that you don't want to watch and then just... Oh, this one looks really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's this weird thing, though, that every time I see the Netflix logo, I get an erection. <laughs> Same. Uh, Same. To, to go back to the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got to be in chased inside the house or the calls come inside the house. Uh, right, so we have two outsiders, Shannon Kiva, Dan Kellen. Oh, definitely, that's it. Harry? I reckon I would, I would stay in the house, grab a knife and stab the bastard there. Easier said than done, Harry, in Be- all fairness. Because he has time. a knife as well. Yeah, it, it would turn an end to a knife he fight. Might, he might not, he might just want... He might have brought a gun. Companionship. <laughs> he could have brought whatever the fuck he wants. He's been your addict for a week's sake. Sack that, I would go you, for you, running. You, really, really run. you have to run. You have to if, if you're out, well, as you said, Mickey, you can just run. You can just run me, jump out the window, and then if I was in Belfast, just run the fuck north Belfast and get faster than me, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> So, you're you're, you're so, either way. Like. So outside, I don't know what you're saying. So what are you saying? Outside is dangerous. <laughs> what are you saying? Outside is always more dangerous. <laughs> like having a fucking serial killer in your attic Kill is me less at home dangerous with... than going out in the streets of Belfast. It's a nicer death. It's a nicer death at home. Perfect. That's least, a yeah. cultural. Yeah. <laughs> at least a serial killer would be nothing personal. Like <laughs> you need to do this. It's, fine. Uh, it's, it's in your sort of. You might like Rice Krispies. Just kidding. Just kidding. 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 Move the fuck over, Rose. <laughs> yeah, there's That's just... A, on, take turns. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. I no, know. they had two half-assed attempts to get them both up on it, and they those two attempts were rubbish. They were attempting it at the wrong angles. You're not just going to sit there and freeze to death. Try it a hundred different ways. Yeah. It's on... Re- like, no. You kind of lay on top you're, of it. You're still <laughs> talking about going up on a door, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, we need, like, we need to get warm, Rose. They, were, they tried a hundred different positions inside that carriage where they were like sweaty hands because they oh, not have made the fucking effort to stay alive a hundred different ways. No. Of, of all the things that broke off Titanic, why was there only one door? Exactly. There were certainly the other whole, doors. There was a whole boat. Hey, get, get <laughs> on the other bit of the boat, boat that was floating about. Like, maybe turn your head away from Rose and look for another piece of floating wood. <laughs> Just floating the corpses that are floating the water. Oh sweet Jesus oh, Christ! That's, that's, a bit grim. that's grim. That's grim. It's, it's grim, grim, but I mean, it's survival. It's survival. It's a flaw. It's a flawless death logic. Raft. <laughs> what did you say? Death raft. The sequel to Titanic. Death raft. Dead raft. <laughs> did you ever actually see there was a, like a trailer put online Titanic two, and it's like it, like a uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, 
is, is alive and he comes back to like haunt Rose or something or he comes, <laughs> comes back to get revenge oh, on her again. He's like, you let me die. <laughs> she says she'd never let go and she did like... <laughs> she did. That bitch. Like, it's like a fucking slasher form. His weapon as opposed to like fucking Freddy's fucking claw or like Michael Myers' knife is just that like fuck off door. I do, <laughs> know, I do understand that, that the film had, had to end in that way had for its story to work for the story to work of that film. But, I mean, it's too obvious they punch holes in it. For Like, mm. Titanic like, is probably, I've watched it maybe 30 times. I'm not exaggerating at all. My DVD, I actually have to change it halfway through. Give it a it's, dust. My, my DVD is that old. I, I bought it when it came out. I oh, changed so it halfway through. It's a through. two disc It's thing? a two part. It's oh, all, my. please insert disc two. Kiva's DVD is that old. That's a and then it sings Celine Dion <laughs> in the background. And I'm all... But but it could have been better like w- like when they fall into the water and all that she just doesn't find him again. Yeah. Like she gets yeah. on the thing and then exactly. she's walking about for it's him and too, then... it's it's too ridiculous and ending. It was it was ridiculous. Yeah. Tell us this as well, was anybody else fucked off when she fucked the harlotion on the ocean? Oh she... it was worth a load of money and she... those boys spent a fortune, put her up. Put her old ass up, and she just <laughs> threw it in the ocean. That's some sense. She got me a fucking fortune. She was like, "Oh, it's for Jack. You fucked him over it's in the first place. You killed him. <laughs> I know you're gonna k- fucking kill these boys' careers. <laughs> Fuck you." I know she could have given charity or something. Let me tell you something. She's a ruthless cunt, isn't she? She doesn't give a fuck about anything. She's like, "Oh, the ri- oh, I'm I'm from rich people, but they're so lousy." She's a fucking cunt. She's the laziest <laughs> of them all. She is. Yeah, she is. She, she is. Let, she let her boy. Die when she sat in the fucking door. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but you're dead. Okay, done. And then, oh, uh, these people who are obviously spending their life's money, all their career money, on like trying to find this. She has it the whole time, and instead of being like, right, I'm gonna, I'm dying tonight anyway. I'm gonna uh, die. What I'll just, I'll, I'll give these boys a I'll heads up and sort them out. The like, ocean. Hey, why don't you fucking jump in the ocean and leave that that's, there? That's exactly <laughs> all I wanted to do. At that final sequence of her at the. I just want to go and p- push her over. Like, what are you? Of course, oh. there there was a true sequel to Titanic though. In uh, Upside Did It Again by Britney Spears, <laughs> 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 he, he he finds the the necklace and gives it to Britney Spears. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought the I thought the lady <laughs> threw it in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! I did it again. <laughs> I, she just walks off with it. Complete ticket. She's gonna catch it. That was class. So <laughs> so e- so everybody is try, try and get on the door with Rose. Yes. Yes. I fucking get her off or be I fucking off. kick her off. <laughs> okay. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather perform in an eight mile style rap battle or step up style dance off? I'd say a step up style dance off because I got some fucking mind blown moves, whereas my rap technique is phenomenally bad. Dan Killen, I think it fucking. I think you could tackle it. You could rap a rap. Oh, man. No, we're not trying to rap a rap. You know, just choke mom spaghetti. Is that is that like <laughs> a... Spaghetti on my spaghetti, You should rap spaghetti. right now, I think. What? You should rap. I'm way too sober. To we'd, have a, we'd have a rap battle. The first time oh, in I... anybody at this point, yeah, anyone in our podcast is I'm way like too sober. I- Iceberg. There's no way I'm doing a rap battle. Come on, that, that 0.05% must be getting needed. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know I'm a bit of a lightweight, but no, I can't. I'm sorry. I'll prepare a rap battle for next time, if you want that. Bam. 
Yeah, you, you don't prepare a rap battle. How you do this exactly? You just you spit it out like it comes fresh for real. There's a wee bit of it that's quite racist as well when you start like using all like the lingo and everything. Oh, no, exactly. Like, you start yeah. using it's because I love eight mile low. It's good. <laughs> you start using that bollocks just Eminem. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I would say step up dance. Because I reckon we could throw some fucking air No, but they be doing crazy stuff. Like. Man, but have you ever seen me on the floor? Chucking out the chewing gum yeah, dance? Yeah, I have. <laughs> Chucking out the fucking dice? Like, your moves rock, but their moves are, like, choreographed. Mine are. I practice them in the fucking house. I you think a chewing gum dance just happened naturally? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I mean, that, that, that time, I'm not it. trying to slide your I'm just trying to, like, That was three years of my life. picture <laughs> for you. <laughs> I reckon the chewing gum dance would fucking swallow up any piece of piss per dance they got going on. <laughs> Fuck them. I've been chewing gum for years. Yeah. What other dances I got? What the, I'm trying to think. I got the chewing gum dance, I got the dice. You do the calm hair and you know, shake those Oh, why? The, 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 do you do that, like, the T-Rex? Oh, the T-Rex. Uh, the T-Rex, the, the T-Rex awesome. as we call it. The T-Rex. I need to see that. <laughs> I'll show you after. Believe me. It will blow your mind. You may not fucking love to see the end of this night. Uh, <laughs> right, so, okay, so Shan is dance-off. Oh, why? Harry? I would do the dance-off. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I could not rap. It'd be, you can't uh, dance at <laughs> I, I reckon I would just... But technically standing there is dancing. Folk, I'd get a special folk, like someone who just can't dance is going, oh, he did his best. He did his best. Participation. Yeah, so, one of my yeah. participation. Awards, I'll, yeah. I'll whack you on after. Um, <laughs> I'll what? I'll give him a participation trophy. <laughs> and a wee handy behind the sheds. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, Kiva, um, what are you? I would go rap off. Yeah? yeah? Okay, Daniel, drop a beat. Kiva's going to rap. Why does everyone think I can do things like this? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <not> <laughs> okay, go. I didn't realize I was really signing up for a rap off. Did two different beats. <laughs> but I'll go for it. <laughs> it's a feat. I won't admit the feet. <laughs> Not yet. Um, elite. <laughs> Smell your feet. <laughs> Put your shoes on. But <laughs> Daniel, you're. I didn't say I'd won. <laughs> I didn't say it'd be good. <laughs> Probably dance off. Like I can do that wee old man thing. You know, where you cross your knees. It's just like that. Mm. Well, see, the the way I took the question is obviously there's some kind of aggra- aggravation between the person you're having the off with. So I think... Uh, <laughs> you're getting it off or you're having it off? Mm, we're getting it off. <laughs> I have an off Let's with you. Let's get it off. I have an off with you. Let's fight it out three dance. <laughs> but no, yeah. But, but if, if there's some sort of aggravation there, I think dance off would be better for me because I'm all elbows and I think I could take a couple of them out now. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily about actually physically injuring them. Well, I think it's see, about that's, that's impressing them with yeah, your moves. That's your interpretation. Mikey's thinking about that for me. I like it. Yeah. I mean, if, like, if that's what a dance off, yeah, I'd go for dance off. I would just kick everyone in the nuts and run away. <laughs> like that's I've not s- dancing though. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if I like did it like fucking scat. Yeah, <laughs> like I've seen Mickey getting up even out of bed, and that's like a violent dance. Even going up the stairs, you're you're erratic, you're sporadic. Yeah, I'm, you I'm, get them moves. You're hydromatic. <laughs> you're grease lightning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I essentially destroy any room I enter. <laughs> it's like Mickey when he's dancing. It's like a dog who's just been shot with a tranquilizer, but it's just in that fine moment before it collapses. So it's swaying about like fuck. Throwing also, paws so you can be a dance off. You can't really be blocked if you're rapping. See, because if, if you slur your words, it might sound the same. I can't. Yeah. Like Dan is on their flawless logic here, but see, when you're blocked in a dance off, you can't lose <laughs> because you still know that you're the greatest dancer I'd ever loved. The and greatest even dancer. What? What? The greatest? Oh, yeah, okay. The greatest dancer I've ever loved. So, if anybody tells you always, you know for a fact they're wrong. Okay, this last one is from our very lovely composer, Ryan Scott from McGargle. That's a bit of a weird one. Would you rather time travel and return losing serious relationships, such as your parents or a significant other, forever? They can still be alive, just different, and in fact, they hate you. <laughs> Of course. Or return to your time and everyone you know is grand and the same, but you are alone and you have to get used to this vastly different reality. Oh my god. How much <laughs> thought did he put on this? Used by I've told that, you before. Like... From that Halloween fucking theme that he don't frost, that man's a twisted cunt. <laughs> that man's got fucking issues that have not been revealed yet. He said it was based on a film called Apex. So like basically you can can you explain it to me and like layman's terms like well basically right do you, you're, you're traveling back in time but then you're returning home to your own time yeah so would would you rather have it be all the same but you're kind of cut out of your loved one's life and you're alone or have it be that all your loved ones are doing terrible but you're grand right oh. okay right. do you know what i'm not trying to sound like the fucking uh the classic hero here, but I think I'd rather sacrifice my own loneliness for the people that I love I think, being happy. I think that's a universal truth. Yeah. I think there's there's no real question. Like yeah. I think I think personal happiness comes from what other people experience. Yeah, exactly. You're not I mean, gonna be you're not gonna sit by yourself in a room and be all I'm so happy, I'm happy because it's you're happy because of the people around you. So if the people around you are unhappy yeah. You're not going to be happy. I would say like 99% of your general happiness comes from your raw, your peers' happiness or the happiness of others yeah. that you know. If I think personally you would choose the other option of being sweet whereas everybody else is miserable, then I think you would near enough be labelled a fucking sociopath. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think... Yeah, the, that's... that's and so I hard. guarantee that's the one that Scruff would choose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like we were actually talking about inside St. Louis Arnold as well. No man is an alien. So yeah, I think you are all right. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. I mean, I think... I mean, I, I, for me, that's a no-brainer. Like, and not to get deep on would you rather... Because but it was a very good question, though. But it was very mm. revealing in, in more depth. of the questioner <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to the answer. Answer where... No, definitely. Like, I uh, feel like shit, but everybody else is getting on sweet. And Fuck as well, I mean, even if you're sitting feeling like shit and everybody else is feeling sweet, still not prevented from smoking fags and drinking cans, which exactly. always makes you feel that's, better. That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> that's my friends I need. I can do what I want. Free friends. 20 bucks a Lambert. You, you guys all feel sweet and I feel like shit, but I'm doing a fuckload of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I can do all the drugs I want. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I love your question because I love the outcome. <laughs> I want to take all the drugs. Actually, you know what? It's like, a one-one. It it's, it's like, yeah. how, how can we make this happen? <laughs> no, re really. Can, can I travel back 
when you're doing I that. Actually, not just wonder <laughs> now. Become a drug addict, you basically. How can I disconnect myself become. from all my family and friends and just become a mad drug addict? But they're so right. Oh, I would do they this. don't. They they don't worry or care at all. They're no, they're just happy. Fake yeah. death. That'd be sweet. Oh my word! How would I fake my own death? No, but death to get the life insurance. Shit oh. explosion. But, but, the, but they would be they, sad if you were dead, though. That doesn't answer the question. You kind of need to do an elaborate plan where. In fact, everyone thinks that you were a dream. Oh. So, like... That was you, a good sign. D- I think pretty sign. much, just to kind of kick it off, you're going to have to get a massive billboard of yourself, like advertising, you know, fucking cans or something. But, Michael... Or just make them watch, like, <laughs> the Truman Show, like, five times, and then be like, I'm Truman. <laughs> Michael, yeah. I wouldn't totally do it to you. Oh. I am a dream. I have never existed. You've been doing this podcast on your own for 28 weeks. You've been talking to yourself. Michael, who are you talking to? <laughs> go, go on, not there's actually a, do this because I'm massive, kind of freaking like, out. <laughs> there's massive spaces of dead air and I, you're kind of freaking me out with this dead air. Like, are you taking a hand? Like, there's someone no, else seriously here. Going <laughs> I cannot handle this. Michael, what do you think you are? Why are you speaking like that? Because he was being like dreamy. We were pretending to him and he didn't exist. I'm always dreamy, baby. (laughs) 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 Okay, let's move on to your recommendations. (laughs) (laughs) Who's got a recommendation? All right, I'll go first. My recommendation is Kika. Kika Pedro Moldovar. Probably not pronouncing his name right. Spanish. Amazing filmmaker. Watch anything you can see by him, but I would... First of all, recommend Kika. Very striking uh, DVD cover as well. The DVD cover is like a, like as if you're looking through a keyhole and you see a silhouette of a woman in a black dress, no eyes. In a black, yeah, her black dress is um, missing the parts of her boobs oh, hey. and there's blood splattering from them and you're thinking, what the fuck's this film about? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good description of the film. And the from cover. That, from that cover alone, you can obviously tell it's a rom-com. Daniel Kiln. It, <laughs> it is. Uh, actually, I brought up a rom, but I want to recommend The Drop. Bam. Uh, James Gandolfini, Tom Hardy. Uh, quite a dog. A, a dog as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Naomi Rappas. Uh, Naomi Rappas. It's always great. Mm. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't even say there's a twist at the end, but you know, there's things going on in the background that you probably wouldn't notice until the very end. And yeah, it's very, very good. Very, very good watch. Boom. Uh, my recommendation, it's a bit of a weird one. It's uh, Brief Interviews with Hideous Men. Has anyone ever seen it? No, but that's David Foster Wallace who wrote that. Boom. Is it? Yeah, he wrote the book. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's high back there and wrong. Go on ahead. Go. Um, no, yeah, it's uh, directed by John Krasinski from the US office, and he's, he's in it as well. And uh, it's about this woman, kind of, she recently broke up with her boyfriend. She d- decided to do these interviews just by. Just men that she she knows or kind of brings in to do these interviews. She's a like a PhD candidate or something, so she's using it as like part of her dissertation or whatever. And so a, a lot of the film is actually kind of staged interviews, but then she has like these interactions with other men as well. And I I wouldn't even say it's a good film, but it's just after I watched it, I was thinking about it for weeks. A and thinker. It, yeah, they're good films. And it's it just it just kind of sticks sticks with you, and it's. It's just interesting. I'll lend you the book. No, Bam. No, I'm all right. Harry. <laughs> uh, the film I want to recommend is one from the maybe early to mid-90s. So if, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Sandman. No. Never heard of it? No. 
it's unreal film like it's like com- like a coming of age film like where this guy moves he moves town with his his man his stepdad and I forget what you call call your man like he was in he, you're was, nailing this recommendation <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it count as like a, a like a kind of sport film because one thing they do is they meet up over the summer and then they play baseball and then they knock the baseball into um, a garden where there's a big massive dog owned by James Arm Jones and the ball <laughs> the ball has been signed by Babe Ruth oh yes she'll level that but I'm not going to and um, uh, the whole thing is that I'm trying to get this ball back from a dog and that's the same <laughs> <laughs> that sounds incredible <laughs> Yeah, great film, great film. <laughs> okay, Shankar. Uh, my recommendation this week is uh, one of my favorite films ever, uh, and it's probably the oldest recommendation we've ever done. It is uh, Sunrise, uh, a song of two humans, released in 1927. So we're going way, 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 way back. When was that year? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually it was find a good it. Year. Yeah, I find it incredible that uh, this film is coming up to 90 years old, because it still looks absolutely amazing. Directed by F. W. Murnau who uh, also done, obviously, uh, Nosferatu, came from the German Expressionist sort of background and moved to Hollywood, and he brought those sort of lighting techniques to uh, a Hollywood production. It's phenomenal looking. Uh, There's tracking shots in there through this deep kind of smoky bog, and then there's these huge, glitzy and glamorous looking light displays when he actually goes into the city, because essentially the storyline is him being... uh, attracted away from his wife who's kind of humble and homely to this kind of city vamp this girl from the city who's got you know all this knowledge and she's a bit dangerous and it's a very very basic paper thun story but it is just so remarkable because of those visuals and because most of the techniques that were introduced by Murnau and by his crew what is it now like 87 88 years ago are still so prevalent in cinema now it's phenomenal even as just a even as just a visual art, it, you can completely even disregard the storyline, which is also still kind of engaging, even though it's very very basic. Phenomenal film, and it's you know it's it's no coincidence that it's currently you know very regularly named and you know like the top five best films ever made. Awesome. Okay, we shall wrap it up there, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you like getting in contact with us, give send us some uh, topic suggestions, and also I really do need your would you rather rather questions because they're quite hard to come up yeah, with. Yeah. No. Stay No, I'm good. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, <laughs> Let's Talk More Movies Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Talk More Movies, or you can email us, Let's Talk More Movies at gmail.com. You can also subscribe, leave us comments, reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, and also on ACAST, where you can get interactive show notes and links. Best place to listen to this. I have been your host, Michael Breslin. Sean Coyle has been Sean Coyle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harry has been Harry. Yeah. <laughs> Kiva's been Swinny Toss. Hey, hey. DK's been DK. Episode 28, baby. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Is that your goodbye song from Brian Bickley House? Nah. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 